0: Everyone, and welcome to episode 217 of Add Odds of Wrestling, and canonically episode 217 of We Need Wrestling. That that uh, can't possibly be true. It absolutely, yeah. Well, wow,
1: we didn't have that many.
0: Yes. Uh, so if you go, uh, DJ and Brett are here as well, and Adam for the yep. first time ever on a Thanksgiving is here.
2: Yep, I am again. Cal Ripken a podcast, and I wouldn't ah. miss it for the world. <laughs>
0: Uh, I, I just a follow up. The last time that you made a Cal Ripken mention about un- or consecutively it podcast things. Uh, uh, apparently, that whole Kevin Costner thing with Cal Ripken was a rumor. Yeah. Um, but um, I I still say it's true enough to be true. You know. Yeah. And uh, if I may, in honor of
2: Brett and DJ, I just wanted to start the podcast off with this. It's a drinking
1: show, boys. <laughs> oh oh no uh-oh
0: <laughs> no i'm not uh listen uh something may have happened on the show a few months ago that i'm not gonna say <laughs> s- scared me off of drinking but unrelated <laughs> i haven't had a drink since. You know?
2: <laughs> well i only have a six-pack here but like if if i need it, i can go back to the fridge and get more but gotcha we'll see what happens
0: uh but yeah so if if uh, DJ and Brett, if you go and look at the RSS feed, the only way that you should get a podcast, and look at the total episode numbers of Wednesday Night War and the show together, this is episode 217. Even though you guys started a week after us, Ooh. I think we missed a week in there somewhere. Interesting. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But we were doing a lot of, like, we used to do episodes for every pay-per-view and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Too, so
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, again, I was just going by episode, you know. Okay. In num you know number order, man. I'll but, take uh, it. Yeah, accept it. You guys have been at this just as long as we have, if not longer.
3: That's true. Uh, so, cool. really quick, uh, Joe, uh, can I curse on here?
0: Ah, you <laughs> son of a
1: bitch! <laughs> I was I was waiting for it.
0: Everyone else can, except you. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's
2: good to see that Douge has the uh, the list that I sent him. <laughs> That's always in my
3: notes every time because I know how much Joe likes it. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say, do I have the list here? It's been a while since I had to go over it on the other show. Mm. As <laughs> I'm just scrolling through, yeah, there's the, there's the full. Oh my god, I haven't done it on. <laughs> it's almost been it's almost been like 180 episodes since I brought it up on uh, After Dark. You know,
2: oh. man, some of those gotta go. That's just too long of a list.
0: And that's uh, that's here. Crazy. It even five, fit on six, the screen. Eight, 9, <laughs> 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23,
1: 24, 25, 36, 27, 28, 29 items. Uh, you got to get uh, one more. I take it back. Yeah, let, let's aim <laughs> for
0: a 30th by the end of I, this. Yeah. I begrudgingly am going to take Anchor FM off the list. Um, Just because uh, mutual friends have podcasts on Anchor FM, and when I shit-talked their shows privately being on Anchor FM, uh, information got stooged back to them, and I had to explain myself. Which is them being outed for getting information stooged to them, and stooging that they don't listen to my podcasts. So, you know.
3: Uh, But anyway, uh, excited to be here, Uh, you know, glad to be invited and, you know, have this opportunity to uh, ruin your podcast.
0: Oh, (laughs) see, don't say that either. (laughs) I know, because I saw them on the list. (laughs) God damn it. It's a great podcast, listened to by hundreds, if not thousands of people, just like your show, right?
1: Absolutely. Positive For sure.
0: Well, listen, I'm happy to have DJ and Brett here for this, for many reasons, but this being the number one reason. And now, At
4: Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History.
0: I get to talk about wrestling that happened before 1990.
2: Oh, what the hell? Fuck bullshit. <laughs> no, you can't.
0: <laughs> uh, you're outvoted. Three against one.
3: Oh. Yeah, All right, no, sorry, no. Adam. <laughs> no, not fuck. only are you outvoted, but I watched these shows this week in preparation.
4: All of them?
1: <laughs> uh, a good chunk of them. Well, I, I watched a couple, uh, two, three matches from these shows as well. Not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs>
0: This is this is the type of preparedness that these guys bring to the show. I love it.
2: Yeah, well, do they so, bring bits? Do they bring bits? Because otherwise, I'm irreplaceable.
0: <laughs> yeah. They could just very easily well, just get a cardboard cutout of a B plus female wrestler put in the background. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> How dare you? All right, this day in wrestling history. 1983 from the Greensboro Coliseum was the first ever Starcade. Uh, Now you look at this card and it's not a knock your socks off sort of card, but those top three matches, I say, probably still hold up today. Uh, That being Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine in a dog collar match. Uh, Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood against, uh, I almost said Jay and Mark. Uh, Jack and Jerry Briscoe for the NWA World Tag tag team titles and rick flair versus harley race in a steel cage for the nwa world title
3: yeah for sure I, I watched this whole show it's fantastic
0: yeah
1: that that piper valentine match i i forgot just how brutal that actually is i've seen pictures does that count
0: <laughs> yes okay perfect. yeah
3: <laughs> it's it's a dog collar match that I you know we I think we talked about it when they did they did the one in AEW a while ago and like I don't know that they've done one that has matched this one uh, I think everybody's still chasing chasing Piper and Hammer
0: didn't they show Greg the hammer like half asleep in the crowd for this or was that another oh no that was the Brody uh, Cody one.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Well, I forgot how good that one was. Too. Yeah, that see, was I, VW, that's their was very good. Their dog collar match is pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brody, Cody, close. Punk, MJF, close. But again, you're all chasing a match that's almost forty years old, guys.
1: For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, uh, I w- I was negative six when this happened.
3: <laughs> <ugh>. <laughs> I mean, I was negative one. I was I was maybe becoming a thought in my parents' brain.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, earlier on the show, though, there were a couple things I wanted to talk about, which maybe aren't the, – they're definitely not the marquee. And yeah. the first thing I want to talk about is uh, Rufus R. Jones.
0: Rufus R. Freight Train Jones.
3: Yes. Um, so uh, – is it safe to say that dusty Rhodes stole whole cloth from rufus r jones
0: yes i think it's i think it's kind of sort of admitted as much yeah. like this is kind of the end of rufus jones's career right and he had been like a big territory star i think mostly in florida um but i think it's is it this stargate or the next one where like dusty's not on the show but this is the beginning of him as the booker for jim crockett
3: yeah, I mean, that timing makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that was crazy. The Abdullah the Butcher versus Carlos Cologne match is really violent.
0: Yes. Uh,
3: like, super violent. Um, you know, Abby dropping the meat cleaver on the ref. It looks like he kills him. Uh, really cool stuff. I had a lot of fun uh, watching these, watching these back. And also, at one point on the show, Gary Hart stabbed somebody for real. Cool. So, (laughs) Well, that rocks.
0: Is it Charlie Brown from out of town that he stabs,
3: or is it a It's it's not. It's in the the Mark Lewin, Kevin Sullivan, Scott McGee, Johnny Weaver match. Okay. Uh, Gary Hart gets bumped into the corner and pulls something from his boot. I don't know. It's not clear what it is, but uh, Mark Lewin grabs it, and everybody is bleeding. Scott McGee looks like he's murdered. And, uh, I would
0: say, it, I, isn't it like almost every match on this card, somebody gets busted open?
3: Yeah, and in that tag match, Angelo Mosca comes down to break it up and gets stabbed. And in the main event, he's like the, I don't know, whatever he is, an enforcer or whatever. He comes out afterwards, and his arm is all taped up because he got <laughs> stabbed by Gary Hart for real. <laughs> oh,
0: Gary crazy. Gary Hart notoriously uh, kept a straight razor in his boot. Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably what that was.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Back uh, when people used to respect this business.
0: That's right, goddammit. it! Uh, <laughs> and just as a note, as I have in my notes that everyone can see, the original advertising for this show, the Bob Orton, Dick Slater versus Mark Young Blood and Wahoo McDaniel, it was supposed to be Hulk Hogan and Wahoo McDaniel. Oh. Up until a week before the show, he was on all the advertisement. It was going to be Hogan's debut for Jim Crockett. Wow. Whoa. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can even find posters and stuff like local posters advertising the show that still has Hogan on it. Yeah. And uh, this was, you know, we're talking this is November of 83. He returns to WWF like late December of 83. So you got to wow. think that this was making a, Vince making a power play to make sure Hogan doesn't show up here so that when he shows up on his TV, it's a bigger deal.
1: Imagine how, like, different things would have been if Hogan was on this. Hell yeah. Oh, man, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, that's, that's nuts.
0: So enough about '83. 3 Let's get a little bit closer for a time frame for Adam. Uh, mm-hmm. It might have been before he was starting watching wrestling, but he had to have seen this. This was a Coliseum home video staple from the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio uh, Survivor Series. This day in wrestling history in 1988.
2: I definitely rented this, so you're okay. I'll give this a pass.
0: Uh, This was still when it was teams of five strive to survive. Uh, This is when they had co-captains for each team. uh, Because I think Hogan and Macho Man had to be on the same team together.
3: This is Mega Powers, yeah.
0: Right, Mega Powers. Uh, But... This is the infamous Powers of Pain demolition double turn. Yep. uh, Where Mr. Fuji, who is managing the tag team champions at the time, decides to turn on them and take up with a much lesser team that just came into the territory three months earlier. And Fuji's reason for doing so in kayfabe was they weren't listening to me anymore.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and this is the last match the Bulldogs have before yeah. the Rougeau incident.
0: Um, No, okay, so the Rougeau incident has already happened.
3: Oh, right, because Dynamite's missing teeth in this match. Yes. Yeah.
0: And right. Dynamite looks like shit in this yeah. match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got, like, a shitty mustache. He's, like, 60 pounds lighter. He looks like he's ready to do commentary for a low-run MMA promotion out of Florida.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he- but another hey thing is, now.
0: like, there's some there's some real fucked-up teams on this. And uh, I love look looking at what the original advertisement was. Like, in the opening match, it's like Warrior, Beefcake, Sam Houston, Blue Blazer, and Jim Brunzel. Jim Brunzel replacing Don Morocco, who had just been fired, like, literally a week before. And then the other babyface team, Duggan, um, Jake the Snake, Ken Patera, Tito Santana... It was originally supposed to be JYD. JYD uh, got fired, gets replaced by B. Brian Blair, who quits, and then is replaced by Scott Casey, of all people.
5: The
1: legend, Scott Casey. <laughs>
0: ha-
1: household name of Scott Casey.
0: Right, uh, but this is a definitely a fun show. Uh, this is the beginning of the build to the Mega Power. Like this is the, the uh, official beginning of the build to the Mega Power's exploding.
3: Yeah, it's not until, what, three months after or so? Is that how Battle Rumble works?
0: Right. There's the Something bit like where they have yeah. the post match celebration and Hogan, like, Hogan goes to just steady Liz, right? Right. And Macho reacts. And, like, but they don't focus on it. He's just there. You see Macho get a look on his face. And then they don't hit it for, like, another, like, three. Then they have the bit in the Rumble in '89. And then they have the the main event where Hogan takes Liz to the back after uh, Randy gets thrown over the top rope and lands on
2: him. Yeah, not to defend Hulk Hogan, but who among us hasn't had to go and steady somebody from falling down? You know, I think that's a noble, a noble gesture.
0: (laughs) Of course you would side with the Hulkster. (laughs) In
2: this one scenario, Yes.
3: You know, I sent a clip to Brett uh, a few days ago, uh, and the famous one, I think, of Macho on Arsenio Hall, where he's like, you know, talks about being emotional and everything. This was a clip, and I don't know if it's from this era, but it, it's it's got to be close. It's Arsenio Hall show with Slick and Akeem.
6: <laughs> yeah, it's and quite
3: the segment. It's wild because Akeem explains who he is in character and
0: (sighs) to Arsenio in, in front of Arsenio's
3: (laughs) fan. Yes. Yes. And Arsenio (laughs) has questions (laughs) (laughs) and slick like cuts them off and just like completely confirms everything about Akeem. And then Akeem's like, you heard what slick said. You're not going to talk. You're not going to say he's a liar. And Arsenio just drops it.
2: (laughs) That was back in the day where if you were uh, like a, a talk show host, though, you'd get your ass beat on national TV if you questioned okay. anything about kayfabe, you know? And also, coincidentally, uh,
3: Rufus R. Jones, Slick's dad.
0: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. How's that for kismet? <laughs> right. Um. So just another, so uh, Adam mentioned this. So 84, 85, if you were a talk show host, you'd get your ass beat. 88, 89, I think you were okay. I think Arsenio was a fan, and WWE would typically come on. Uh, they would send people on when they were promoting uh, shows at the L.A. Coliseum. Like, there was yeah. WWE people on Arsenio, like, once a month at least. Okay. And, like, Arsenio would always play ball. I think there's, like, the, I, I, I don't remember the Akeem and Slick one. I'm going to have to search that one down. But there was one where, like, Warrior was on, like, in, like, fucking roided out, coked out, allegedly, like, form. And Arsenio's, like, tr- like Orsino's bit is, I'm going to try to have a legitimate interview with this madman. <laughs> um, this is when Hogan went on and lied about never doing steroids. Um, allegedly. Uh, well, wait, allegedly lied or allegedly never did steroids? <laughs> allegedly lied. I oh, definitely you, lied. <laughs> um but yeah like arsenio was like the, i think they even did like a bushwhackers nasty boys match like on arsenio
1: whoa i need to find that
0: yeah i think there's a YouTube like there's a youtube out there that has like if not all like most of the like a super cut of all the time wwf people were on arsenio
3: nice
0: All right, moving on. This Day in Wrestling History, 1993, from Boston Garden in Boston, Massachusetts, the World Wrestling Entertainment-held Survivor Series, another show plagued by replacements. (laughs) Um, The opener, we have the one, two, three kid, Marty Jannetty, Razor Ramon, and Mr. Perfect, who had just turned babyface a year prior at Survivor Series. No show's this, and is replaced by Randy Savage, who was essentially, like, retired at this point.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, we also have in the main event the All Americans against the Foreign Fanatics. Uh, Lex Luger, the Steiners, and Tatanka initially taking on the Quebecers. Ludwig Borga and Yokozuna. Tatanka gets taken out by Ludwig Borga and replaced by the Undertaker and his fancy fancy 19, 1776 jacket. <laughs> Pierre gets taken out by the Steiners and is replaced by Foreign National Evil Crush. Was <laughs> that time right. when
3: hawaii turned against the country it's different <laughs> that is true
0: <laughs> um but i would say the biggest replacement on the show was the Hart family of brett owen bruce and keith initially supposed to take on jerry lawler and his knights, but uh i don't know jerry lawler had something going on and he couldn't be there
7: Maybe um, vacation. Could
1: you, dj could you tell me what happened with jerry lawler your favorite
3: wrestler it was a planned vacation. <laughs> he had it in the books, just nobody noticed.
1: That's all.
2: <laughs> Thank so God not... that that stand-up guy Sean Michaels came in and took the place at the last minute.
1: Oh yeah, I, be- oh. I
2: believe I believe DGA says that he's uh uh like selfless and selfish times. Yeah, that's uh, Sean Michaels. That's who I'm talking about <laughs> for sure. This
0: this might be the one time where he was. Yeah, because he was currently on suspension allegedly doing steroids. Maybe WWE was a little bit more strict when it came to pot. Maybe Sean was being difficult. And uh, they brought him back as still Intercontinental Champion. So that like built to the WrestleMania thing with him and Razor. They filmed the skit with Sean and Rio Rogers going to the Hart family. uh, Household with people in old people masks pretending to be Stu and Helen uh this match sucks out loud it's over 30 minutes long but bobby heenan and ray combs of family feud on commentary are fantastic
1: so i i i pose a question to the group um what kind of a name is bruce
2: <laughs> you had nine months to think of it and that's all you got
1: <laughs> dude bobby heenan is just like a masterclass. In professional wrestling, on this, just the burials. Like, I still quote. we still quote it to this day. Uh, just you know. Oh look, there's a picture of Helen on the back of Stu's jacket. <laughs> um, I, I, oh, Stu waxed another jacket from the merch stand. Uh, Helen, I'm damp. <laughs> hey, Stu,
0: wake up. <laughs> but this, like I said, at, I I gotta think whatever the issue with the Hart's family, the Hart, the Hart family is. I gotta think that uh, Bobby saying that about what kind of name is Bruce is a rib on my sweet Brucey. It's gotta
7: <laughs> be. Dude, we so just watched was, this I match. Reading...
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ahead. yeah uh, I was reading like a little thing about this match because I'm obsessed with this match just because of the commentary and. Uh, of course, the Bruce was loose that night, and Bruce was just uh in the back trying to plan spots to get his shine to the point where both Brett and Sean had to go like, Bruce shut the fuck up this is not about you. <laughs>
3: We just watched this not that long ago uh, just for fun because I, I, I don't want to say it's a good match. I know Joe, you said it was terrible. Uh, I don't think it's that bad. I think Sean tries. I think Hitman and Owen really carry their own. Bruce tries to involve himself in everything. Um, but it's a hilarious match. Uh, but also notably, and you're talking about the like, sub-ins here, according to Terry Funk, he was supposed to be one of the knights. That's right. And he was also, according to Terry Funk, he was also offered Pat Patterson's job run being head booker of the yes. WWF. I believe, <laughs> but there's no reason the for me not
0: to believe Terry Funk when he says right. he's. I believe
3: <laughs> everything Terry <laughs> Funk has ever said. Uh, so one of the nights, I don't know, with the, maybe he would have been replacing uh, allegedly uh, Barry Horowitz, I don't know, or Hammer, because one of them is very clearly great to Hammer Valentine. <laughs> right. You can't, hi- you can't hide that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the match isn't great, but Heenan does such a good job that it is engaging throughout. It's insane.
1: So one of my favorite lines of the match of Ray Combs, he calls a knife-edge chop a weenie slap. (laughs) It's fucking awkward.
0: And the Heavenly Bodies Rock and Roll Express match is really good, uh, but the crowd does not give a shit for it. Uh, and, and in a weird bit of trivia, uh, there was a Heavenly Bodies Rock and Roll Express match for the Smoky Mountain Tag Team titles on Super Brawl in February of 93. So, like, how crazy is that that both companies were working with Smoky Mountain Wrestling at different points in 1993?
1: If I was booking my show, I'd also want Jiggle Jimmy Del Ray on it, too. <laughs> so I, I could get that. <laughs>
0: All right, so uh, this one will be a quick hitter. This Day in Wrestling History, 1996 from the Norfolk Scope in beautiful Norfolk, Virginia. World Championship Wrestling held World War III on pay-per-view. A ho-hum early NWO card where the World War III uh, Battle Royal was won by the Giants. But I have (laughs) up here a list of all the luminaries that were in the 60-man Battle Royal. (laughs) I was going to say, everyone tag yourself. I am I was going to say, I'm Joe Gomez, just because.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, dibs on Kevin Nash.
3: No. <laughs> uh, I don't know who Jack Boot is, but I want to be him.
0: <laughs> Jack Boot is a random gimmick for uh, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. Oh, A.K.A. Perfect. Sarge. Yeah,
2: yeah. All right. Oh, J- Jeff Jarrett's in there, Joe. Why
0: don't you get him? You got to go with someone goofy. You can't go with one of the stars.
1: Nah, uh, see, nah, I disagree. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I'll be one half of my uh, most underrated tag team. I'll be Kenny Chaos. <laughs>
0: now, see, I was gonna go. I was gonna say you were gonna pick Robbie Rage, but all right. Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you, you, where the hell was he on the list? I was just looking at his stupid name there. Like Galaxy gets a like a pay per view payoff, which is ridiculous. And where the hell was his name? I know it was in here somewhere. Uh... Johnny Rumble, where's Rumble? What the Tony, Rumble. Tony, Tony Rumble. Tony Rumble, fucking the Boston yeah. bad boy Tony Rumble gets a WCW payday. He was a fucking, <laughs> like, Boston Indies manager. And I, I, what what the hell did he deal cut to get a pay-per-view payday from this, you know? Uh, sadly, no uh, El Dandy in here, uh, but Damn. again, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs>
3: Uh, the opener on that show, though the Ray versus Ultimo for the J Crown, is fantastic. Uh, Wait a minute,
0: you mean to tell yeah. me that 1996 Ray Mysterio had a good match and Ultimo Dragon had a good match <laughs> oh, and they were yes. together and it was a really good match?
3: Absolutely. This is it's it's Ray in the Spider Man gear. It's Ultimo Ultimate, sorry, in the pink, the all pink gear. Uh, and Ultima wins with a, a slingshot power bomb, which then, however many years later, I'm bad at math.
1: Uh, the one FTR steals. So <laughs> that Dean Malenko psychosis match for the cruiserweight title uh, rocks too. By the way, it's
0: true. So this era of World Championship Wrestling, you're saying that the undercard cruiserweight TV title matches were really good, and everything else kind of sucked in ring.
3: That's. I mean, I'm not saying it directly, but I'm saying it.
0: Do you mean,
2: did, did
5: the Giant
2: drag uh, Jeff Jarrett to a good match?
0: How dare How you? Dare you. <laughs> did, Double J was always having good matches, except when he wasn't, which we'll get to in a year. Um, but are you telling me that Chris Jericho managed by Teddy Long, uh, beaten in a match with Nick Patrick where Jericho has one hand tied behind his back wasn't a good match?
3: It's it's it wasn't <laughs> I, I will tell you though when I was watching this that a uh, friend of the show, Michelle, uh could not identify nineteen ninety-six Chris Jericho. <laughs> really versus current. I'm like, look at the TV. And she's like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, Yes, you do. So
0: He 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 doesn't look that different, does
2: he? <laughs> I don't know. It's she the tattoos
3: that throw you off. Mm. It's the chess definition.
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) Poor poor Jericho. He tries. (laughs) All right. Last but not least, 1997, this day in wrestling history, head to head, Monday night, raw Monday, nitro uh, over on nitros from Saginaw, Michigan. It's the all Raven show. Everybody who cares (laughs) that it's the giant versus Hollywood Hogan for the title on top. This is the official debut of them saying Ravens rules. This is the official debut of Riggs as a heel after just a week prior, he was a baby face wearing an eye patch. Now he's a heel wearing an eye patch with Raven, and also the debut of Lodi. A huge turning point in the Monday Night War. All three of these moments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
3: watched both of these shows.
0: Oh my goodness. Any any thoughts, any feelings on the night on the nitro that I'm overlooking?
3: Um no, uh, you know, there, I don't <laughs> think, uh, there, the, the thing about the Raven segment, uh, there's a sign in the behind him that says, Jesus is God, not Hulk Hogan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> which is an interesting thing. Uh, the Nitro has the debut. I don't know if they showed it multiple times, but this has the zabisco You don't want none of the easy e promo package. The little bit the video, uh, so it has Zabisco in the ring calling out Hall and all that, or Ed, or you know, Bischoff or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean that's it. it. Also has like Macho Man versus Disco on it, uh, <laughs> and uh, an ad for WCWNWO World Tour, which had just come out for wow. the Nintendo sixty four.
1: So, what a game! Yeah, know. wrestling games peaked right there. I think. Hmm. Uh, no, WWNWO Revenge, my man.
3: Yeah, for sure. Mm.
1: Revenge was better. All right, is
2: that also on the sixty four? Yes. Yep. Oh, okay, I- I'm fine with that. If you're going to try yeah. to pull some like PlayStation shit, nah, N64 no, N sixty four wrestling games, those were the jam. Yeah, Revenge had a create a character. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Plus um, Raven so was I, on the cover.
0: Yeah. So the <laughs> somebody, somebody somebody pointed out when they changed the cover of the AEW game, and now Sting is predominantly featured on it. And they mm-hmm. said that this like the sixth time that Sting has been on the cover of a video game. Um, but the highest, even though, he, like the one WCW game that he wasn't on the cover of, which was um, NWO WCW Revenge, that has Raven on it, is the best-selling WCW video game of all time. And that's absolutely because of Raven.
2: <laughs> which is the absolutely. game that Larry Zbysko
1: wouldn't sign for uh, Mr. Tim? I think it was Revenge. I'm pretty mm. sure. Okay, yeah, he's in one inch. of them. Uh,
3: so I have a I have a story to tell about WCW, not necessarily related to the show, but it, it's my attempt to relate to Adam.
1: Oh, uh, all right, in, in a oh, way. Boy. All right, I appreciate
3: uh, so, it. So, so you have Booker T versus Meng on this show on the Nitro. Okay. And Booker T managed by Jacqueline. Okay. Right. Uh, Jacqueline. WWF has the thing with Sable a few years later, I think, right?
7: mm mm-hmm.
3: uh, When I was a young man, they used to do a lot more stuff with the, the divas and would do, like, photo shoots and, you know, push the boundaries of what you can show.
2: Oh, trust me, uh, I'm familiar.
3: Right. And when <laughs> I was a young man, I remember staying at my dad's for a weekend, and he was asleep, and I was on his computer, and I was like – uh, I found like just like the WWE published photos of all the divas, and I was into Jacqueline as I still am. I saw a picture of her recently, and um, I was like, "Where's this story asleep. going?" <laughs> you, you got, uh, you, uh, hold shut on, shut up, Brett. <laughs> uh, and I know. It's like uh, he, my dad's asleep. I'm going to print out a picture of Jacqueline to have for my personal collection.
0: Uh... Yeah, in case you need it later.
3: I understand. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so I did that without thinking that, like, printers in the 90s sounded like you were starting an engine. (laughs) So the printer made all the noise, woke him up. He saw what I was printing, and I got in trouble. (laughs) So there
2: you go. That's my Jacqueline story. Wow. That's awesome. How much of the picture printed out? Did you, did you at least get the picture or was it like oh, he halfway? Until it
3: was dumb, but I didn't get to take it with me. It went, ended oh. up in the garbage can. So,
7: <laughs> yeah.
3: We won't talk about how many times I rented the pay per view with the bikini contest between Sable and her.
2: <laughs> Wasn't there a UK pay per view match where maybe something got torn off? That also, yes. sure, the referee shirt sure which was on someone's
3: shoulders. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I, remember I, mean, that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's burned in my brain.
0: <laughs> How's your grease shelf doing, DJ?
3: <laughs> it, it's good.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, over on World Wrestling Entertainment from Fayetteville, North Carolina, uh, we get the uh, New Age Outlaws winning the tag titles for the first time. No. Uh, we get Double J pulling a power play and refusing to wrestle Crush and with good cause. Um <laughs> Because his locker room wasn't big enough for the contract that he had. Um, but this is the Raw where we do like the full DX burial of Brett, where they bring up the little person, the Brett mask. Uh, Anvil comes out and they let Anvil join DX only to turn on him at the end of the show. Um, this is like peak Sean Hunter China DX, like this episode of Raw.
3: Yeah, because it's a lot of slaughter stuff too.
0: Doesn't this set up the slaughter Triple H boot camp match at D- it, Generation X in your house?
3: It does because the week prior, Triple H says that he's going to show, tell, or teach Slaughter's wife what it's like to stand at attention.
0: I'm going <laughs> to swing then... by your house.
3: And see your old lady oh! Triple dice play there. Yeah. Slaughter comes out as Commissioner Slaughter and then puts the hat on and becomes Sergeant Slaughter, calls him a maggot and whatever else, and then gets ready for the boot camp match. Yeah. Yeah. So.
2: As much as I loved DX with Rick Rude, I feel like once Bret Hart was gone, like how insufferable DX became now that they were unchecked, that's probably my favorite era of DX, and it's not at all going to be replayed on AEW TV right now.
3: They bury Rick Rude on this show, too, because this is the week yeah. before yep. is Rick on both shows. Yep. So this show opens with Harvey Whippleman coming out as Rick Rude, and they beat him up and say, like, oh, it wasn't too hard to fill that spot. Yeah, So they're burying everybody.
2: Love it.
0: And this is also a continuation of the build at In Your House Degeneration X of The Rock and Stone Cold for the Intercontinental title. And this is uh, Pager 316. Uh, One of those great moments where, like, Rock has a pager. We might have young listeners who don't know what pagers are. (laughs) And Rock sees on his pager the 316 he sells it. And Austin comes up from behind him and beats him up. And we'll talk about it next week, but I think next week is the one where the belt gets thrown in the river. Oh, mm. shit. I feel like,
2: just like, I mean, uh, we could be, our timelines are messed up, but I feel like when we were doing this day in history with the Monday Night Raws, wasn't it just like a week ago he was in the nation, or did we fast forward a year?
0: No, he still is in the nation. Okay. Damn. Yeah, the Rock is the, like, the Rock is unofficially the leader of the nation. They haven't kicked. For, like, Farouk is technically still the leader of the nation. It's just that The Rock is the one who's in the feud with Stone Cold.
2: I mean, you weren't kidding that when we get to around this point, the Attitude Era goes fast. A lot of shit happens, like, every single week. You know, memorable stuff. Yeah, there's, there's even a point in this
3: show when, with the promo where Austin's backstage messing with the cameras and the microphones that The Rock... Sends the nation to find Austin and beat him up, and Farouk goes running. So like Rock is like, go get him, and Farouk goes, and that's when Austin sneaks up, sneaks up behind the Rock and gets him. So Rock definitely seems like the leader here. It's just not official,
0: right? That doesn't happen for like another couple of months, I think. Like maybe yeah. after the Rumble. Okay. Because there's the, there's the episode of Raw, and again, we're getting way ahead of ourselves where The Rock, for helping him, ret- You know what? It's probably the night after Degeneration X in your house, so I'll save it for then, right? Well, but there's... where The Rock gives all the members of the nation a gift for helping him at the pay-per-view, <laughs> and everyone yeah. gets the same gift except for Farouk. Okay. Do you guys remember that one or no? I
1: do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I, I remember what he gives them. I'll, I'll wait until you reveal it in a right, few weeks. Right. <laughs> a of
0: weeks. A couple weeks, a couple weeks. All right. So that's enough. This day in wrestling history, I could have did this for another 17 hours. I got rid of, like, 2013 and 2019 Survivor Series because, like, they don't count, right? (laughs) Who remembers what happened three years ago? (laughs) Um, But, hey, what's what's everyone been up to this week?
1: Nothing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we didn't really do much.
0: Hey, Adam, just, uh, I'll leave things here. You went to go to a little <laughs> autograph signing, didn't you?
2: Yeah, you know what? It's it just so much stuff happened that we're all just waiting for our spot to, tar- to talk here. But, <laughs> That's right.
0: Um,
2: so on Saturday, I went to Pandora's Box Toys in New Jersey, and I went to see Mr. Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling. And... Uh, I'll just say uh, my experience with Pandora's box toys is limited to just going there to shop. And the only thing I knew about going to an autograph signing is what you guys, uh, Brett and DJ and Mr. Tim, talked about going to see Bret Hart, Mr. Hitman. And I expected like to have a much longer wait in line. And obviously Gargano ain't no, ain't no Bret Hart. So uh, I, I don't even think that I was thinking that. But. I'll just say uh, the signing was from 12 to 3 and I got there at like 11 just because it was fucking freezing out. So uh, I was like, I don't want to stand in line too long. But when I got there at 11, there's maybe like 10, 15 people in line. So it wasn't bad. So I just sat in my car for about a half an hour, uh, jumped in the the line at about uh, 1130 ish, 1140. And it took about. I would say about 15, 20 minutes after the signing started for me to get inside. Um, Johnny was like super nice to everybody. Like if you wanted to stand there and talk to him for a half an hour, he would have like nobody from the staff or him was kind of like shuffling people off. So there's people, you know, that that bring gifts. Like if you're one of those people like, Hey, let me, let me buy something for this guy who you know <laughs> makes a lot more money than you do. But uh, I, I don't understand that. But, People were like talking to him for a while. So I get up to my turn and again, super nice meet and greet. You know, he's like, Hey, what's your name? You know, you know, how are you doing? What can I sign for you? Do you want a picture, you know, being very outgoing? Uh, so I said to him, Hey, I have been rewatching or watching for the first time from, in my case, a lot of your old Chikara fist stuff. And, uh, you know, I said to him, you know, with, with Chuck E.T., and with Icarus, and he's like, "Oh, really?" He's like, "Yeah, I hope it holds up." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm enjoying it. Like, I'm getting a kick out of it. I'm just getting to the point where you guys aren't together anymore." And he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm glad that people are still watching that." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm rewatching it because of a podcast that I listen to called Addicts
0: that you listen oh. to
2: <laughs> that right? you listen to." Yeah. So well, the reason why uh, it'll make sense in a second. And he's like, "Okay," and I was like, "Yeah, it's Chikarason's podcast." And he says to me, oh, Oh, shit, (laughs) I have Chikarason blocked on Twitter.
7: So I swear to God, I
2: didn't start the conversation by asking him about this. He (laughs) fucking remembered. So he says, I have him blocked on Twitter. So I said, oh, shit, I didn't know that. If you don't mind (laughs) me asking, why do you have him blocked on Twitter? And he took a minute, kind of looked off into the distance, and he said, he's just kind of mean and i don't need that he's just mean so i had to block him and i was like okay yeah oh. I, I was like i apologize i was like i don't hold it against me i'm just a listener
1: <laughs> jesus wow Christ. so did i got defend, my mark, did <laughs> you defend Jacarson's honor not in the least <laughs> you
3: yeah. uh, didn't have like it, it was me austin the whole time moment like <laughs> rip off <the> rubber mask <laughs>
2: nope so i got my mark pick and uh everything was cool about the signing i stuck around shopped might have bought something else uh more on that later and weekly purchases um but i had him sign a figure i got my sign major bendy the exclusive one to pandora's box and i left and uh uh, like I said, as far as my experience, it was super cool. He was a super nice guy. Uh, very, very, very tiny. Uh, you know, like you could pick him up and put him in your pocket. Uh, but I just thought it was cool that I – all I did was mention the Chikarson
1: name and uh,
2: it was like he was getting flashbacks of Tom. <laughs>
6: you know? hey, listen, but, that,
1: name carries a, that name carries a lot of weight. Yep.
2: Yeah. But uh, yet another person that uh, Sposto has heat with for some reason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean. I've been been—I've <laughs> been told uh, privately by more than one uh, beloved person by this show that uh, they've had to unfollow me, mute me, or block me uh, because I'm too mean. <laughs> and My I'm doctor. just mean, man. I got to listen. I just say what I feel. And, you know, if you saw the DMs, you might want to take my number
5: out
3: of your phone. I don't know. Uh, I'll I'll say two things here. One, I've known Joe for over 20 years, and I would never describe him as mean. Uh, And two, the next time uh, Gargano comes around, uh, we have to get Joe in an Eric Bischoff as a pastor-esque old man makeup <laughs> and get him to get Gargano to bury Joe to his old man face. And then he could rip off the prosthetics and reveal himself to
0: the world. Somehow you guys have to lead him into saying three minutes, so I could do the whole thing. <laughs> <video. laughs> hey, Johnny, how much more time is left in this uh, signing? <laughs> oh, we just,
3: just stay in line and just keep letting everybody go in front of us until there's only three minutes left. I don't know. We're good. We're good. We're not ready to go in yet.
2: Yeah, uh, I will just say before we move on, uh, oh. I, I really enjoyed the signing just because I'm like. I, I don't like buying signed figures online, but like for whatever reason, if I get a figure signed in person, like I, I value it more. I'm sure that makes sense. And I was looking at like Pandora's box upcoming schedule. And the only person they really have is Malachi Black. And I was like, Ooh, that that Supreme would look really nice signed, you know? But, uh, and I tweeted this out. I do have huge regrets that I didn't go to the Hitman signing with you guys. I think, uh, you know, just knowing how much of a, a smooth, process it was i'm sure i would have had to wait in line a lot longer but man i wish i had gone to see mr hitman
1: when's that malachi black thing uh sometime in december hmm let's talk pal all right cool
0: make sure your laces are the right color on your shoes so he gets the message
1: oh jesus (laughs) (laughs) do
0: you know about that I have no Uh idea. But toward toward the end of his World Wrestling Entertainment run, and they were building up, it was going to be a program with him and Big E. There was discussion in the promos that there was certain lighting that was going to be used and certain colored laces that were going to be in his boots that were going to be part of this big, long, epic storyline that explained why these colors were used. (laughs) And I could imagine him pitching that to Vince and Vince just being like, God damn, pal, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm much. Take your colored I, laces and go.
2: I don't know. I, I like Alistair Black slash Malachi Black lore. I'm a fan. <laughs> eh. maybe more on that as we go on the show.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> so how about you boys? What have you guys been up to?
1: Well, uh, uh, Brett, go ahead. See. See. I'll let you lead. Yeah. So this past Friday night, um, we got to go to AEW Rampage at the Prudential Center in beautiful Newark, New Jersey, Um, because, uh, I mean, we had the tickets anyway, but as I said to to both of you boys while we were wolfing down chicken fingers in the arena, um, (laughs) even if uh, we didn't have tickets and the Junakiyama tag match got announced, I would have said, hey guys, you want to go? Uh, So that was night one where, holy shit, we got to see Jun Akiyama. That's insane to me.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty big deal.
2: Now, I yeah, wasn't there, but you're, you're bearing the best match on the show, which was on Dark. But, you know, I'll allow you guys to, to think that June Akiyama wrestling was the best thing when clearly Teikanti versus Sky Blue was on that show. Pay some respect.
1: Adam, as soon as I, the match graphic popped up, like on their Tron or whatever, uh, I was like, oh, God, I go Adam somewhere just felt like he's getting a stinging pain in his neck for some reason. <laughs> in his neck. Um, Yeah, (laughs) neck yeah well at least i have no recollection of that
3: that. was that i said i have no recollection of that match (laughs) (laughs) it happened
1: plus seeing athena murder aubrey edwards was pretty sick
3: (laughs) uh yeah it was a really good time though we've been on a bit of a, a travel uh tear lately you know uh Joe and I, uh, supposed to be Brett, but life gets in the way, uh, to a Dynamite in Philly like two months ago, whenever that was. Yep, yep. September 28th. Uh, and then uh, Rampage in AC, uh, an LVAC in there that may or may not have uh, gotten Michelle COVID, allegedly. Uh, and then uh, a Raw, <laughs> now this. Uh, we've been doing a lot of, a lot of wrestling traveling. But uh, it's been it's been really great, and uh, AEW puts on a, a pretty a pretty good show, pretty pretty good.
1: Yeah, uh, you know because then the, to our, you know, not, I'd say surprise, but like we assumed it. Like, hey, you can't be bringing Akiyama over for one match. Uh, you know, they do the little deal after the Rampage match, and it's official for the next night at Full Gear: Eddie Kingston versus June Akiyama one on one. Um, you know, we're all freaking out while, when it's announced and, uh, cause we got to go to full gear the next night, Mr. DJ's first pay-per-view ever. Pay per view.
3: I want to say about that tag match. So one, I thought they did a really good job at this and we weren't guaranteed a singles match, right? Uh, you kind of felt it was happening. Akiyama's in there on a Wednesday. He's in taking take the Cinnabon. Uh, he's all over the place. Um, but we kind of, we were hoping, but you know, didn't want to. Didn't want to like, put any like weight into it just so we weren't disappointed, right? Uh, but they did a really great thing in this tag match. I love that tag match because, like, they don't quite let Eddie and Akiyama touch, right? Eddie's mean mugging them. They do, like, the pin breakups and, like, a little interaction here and there. But they worked it really well where it just happened to be that at every turn, Akiyama and Eddie weren't in the ring together until the very end when they were. Uh, I think that was really, really well done. And then sort of just teased and teased and teased until afterwards when Eddie got on the microphone and was like, I'm not MJF, but get out here, Tony Khan. I want this singles match. And then they they, they announce that Tony Khan comes out, very awkwardly announces that the match is happening. Uh, and then after Rampage ends, uh, Eddie's on the microphone <laughs> saying that Tony Khan doesn't let him talk after shows anymore because he curses too much. <laughs> and then continues to curse for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, and you know, obviously the weekend was great. The Friday and Saturday shows were fantastic to be there. Um, You know, we were until the end of Saturday night, we were in a pretty good section. Um, And Brett can extrapolate on that if he wants to. Um, But it was awesome to be there on the Friday to see Eddie do the show closing, like send everyone home happy thing that he was doing for a while um, last summer right, where he was the one that kind of sent everyone home, and then, of course, he kind of does a truncated version of it to wrap up Zero Hour on the pay-per-view. He beats Akiyama, which is just fucking crazy to think crazy. about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, just, like, the emotion that match had, I have no problem saying it. I said it publicly. I said it privately. I say it here. I cried three times during that match. Just tears of joy to seeing this happen, and then Eddie gets to cut The pro like the hard sell to like close out that to get everyone to order the pay-per-view and Eddie's such a convincing guy I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of fans that were there in attendance didn't pull up on their phone the fight TV app and order the (laughs) pay-per-view just because Eddie (laughs) Kingston told them to.
2: Yeah. And I'll just say, I watched it obviously at home and I was watching it with a couple casuals who weren't necessarily Eddie Kingston fans and like his promo before his match with June, where he pretty much was speechless. Like he couldn't get the words out of like how excited he was and how like fired up and he just kind of seemed like he was on the verge of either crying or getting mad or whatever, uh, like that promo, like m- like shook a bunch of people in the room who had no investment with Eddie Kingston. And like that was amazing. And I, I have goosebumps thinking of that promo. And like you mentioned, him selling the pay-per-view before they went off the air, and went to the main show, uh, that went over huge with a bunch of people that
1: just didn't know Eddie Kingston from a hole in the wall that match yeah. got me twice it, it, it was when, after the match where they're both down in the ring like doing the uh, like bowing to each other on their knees and eddie's crying that got me um and then when during the post-match promo where eddie was like you know like baba and masawa and ricky does like i just i hope i did you proud i was like you son of a bitch you how, how dare you make me cry <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, so uh, I'll, I, I just realized some people listen to, to At odds may not know my history necessarily, but like I, uh, much like Eddie, I, I, I always sort of taken aback by this, but like all Japan in the nineties is my absolute favorite wrestling of all time. I think it's untouchable as far as in ring professional wrestling and Akiyama says the fifth pillar, you know, there's the four pillars. He's came on a little afterwards, Um, He's the only one still active. Uh, You know, he's 53 years old. Um, So just the opportunity to see this guy that I used to see tape trading right in in the very late 90s, early 2000s is it was such a remarkable experience for me um, that like I was like near tears just the entire time. Just be just of him coming out, just the fact that, like, this guy who I idolized, who mixed it up with all of my the best wrestlers of an era, uh, some of the best wrestlers of all time. You know, I, I, I didn't get to see Kenta Kobashi when he was in Ring of Honor, uh, you know. Uh, and so, seeing this just had me that emotional the whole time. Mixing it with the fact that I know Eddie feels the same way, and I feel so connected to Eddie as a fan. Because I've been following Eddie's career for just about all of it. I mean, I saw him the first time when he was with Blackjack Marciano in like the first or second Chikara show. So, like, the, having that connection cross over like that is so crazy to me and so surreal that, like, you know, I'm as emotional and as happy as Eddie is because I understand he feels the same way I do about Jun Hakiyama. So, I can imagine. If I was a wrestler standing across the ring from a man that I consider a, a wrestling hero, I, I can feel that. So the whole time, both nights in the singles match, you guys will say it. When 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 he got on the microphone after that tag match, I was on my feet with my arms in the air because I knew it was coming. And I was waiting for the, for the official announcement that it was going to be a singles match. I screamed cried and then we got the singles match and it was just the same thing all over again it was so good, the match was great you know, Eddie beating June is wild to me, it makes complete sense um, but like, that's that's a huge thing and you know, and when Eddie cries I cry, uh, I just, you know I think like a lot of people do and like Adam was just saying Eddie has that ability because he's so real, it's not a character necessarily it may, it amped up a little bit um, but you know, it's not like a yeah, I, I, I'll, I don't want to bury the kid, but, like, MJF, I think, is clearly playing a character on TV, who's playing a character on TV. Eddie seems so much more real, so he makes that connection. Uh, so it's just, it's, I just fall into that emotion and that sort of surreal wrestling world so much easier with him. Uh, you know, similar to, this is high praise, and I don't care. Uh, when anybody says, I, I agree. I, I believe this with my whole heart. Eddie promos when he's like that are so similar to the Dusty Rhodes, my hand reaching out, touching your hand uh, that, like, I just can't help but get emotional about it.
0: Mm. Yeah, all right. I agree with everything you said. Uh, I'll, I'll make the joke uh, kind of expanding on what somebody else said online about how Eddie comes across as a real person because, you know, whether you know him or not, you've had brief interactions with him, you know that's who he really is, just kind of turned up a whole bunch. Um, And you could feel that. Whether you've never met Eddie in your entire life or you've met him before at a signing or a fan interaction or whatever it is, you know that's him just turned up. Where uh, MJF, you know, whatever your opinion of him is, There's an episode of 30 rock where Jenna Maroney's character says that she should be up for an Emmy for constantly living her life theatrically. (laughs) And that's kind of like how MJF is. He's always on. And you could tell that he's always on. And I wish I could find the episode. I'm going to have to do some digging. There was an early episode of the AIW podcast where MJF was on and he was like himself. And it was really weird at the time. But I can't imagine what it would be like in 2022 to listen to an out-of-character MJF promo, you know, recorded, like, interview years ago. Mm -hmm. And it just reeks as phony. Everything that he does comes across as someone pretending to be a wrestler. And listen, he's great. He connects with a group of fans that love that sort of thing. But the problem is it's so many fans that watch AEW and wrestling in general these days, there's a large percentage of them that only started watching wrestling three years ago when AEW became a thing or whenever the Cody and the Bucks got together doing stuff in new Japan and ring of honor or the pipe bomb promo. So there's huge sections of the wrestling audience that have only been watching professional wrestling for like the last like 11 years. So there's, Decades of stuff that they've just never seen and they've never experienced. And even if you didn't experience it, like we were talking about that Starcade show from before, and DJ was like, I was negative this, and Brett was, I was this. And I wasn't watching wrestling in 1983. But once I had the ability to rent that videotape from my local video store, I rented it, I taped it illegally, and I watched it all the time. <laughs> I just wanted to consume old wrestling. And as I understand, MJF does too. He loves old wrestling. He consumes all of that stuff. He's a fan, but you don't get that from his character. You get from Eddie Kingston what he says, what Junaki and the pillars in all Japan and all this stuff mean to him. Whether you watch that stuff or not, you get it. You buy it and you're right there with him.
2: Yep. And I don't know if yeah. you want to keep... Oh, go ahead. go ahead. No, all yours, Adam. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, if, if, as far as the MJF thing, like, I, I, if you want to keep talking about Eddie, by all means, but when it comes to MJF, we mentioned on At Odds last week that regardless of what happens in that main event, and I think we all thought that MJF was going to win the title – The one thing that we were in agreement on is like, oh, man, I hope it doesn't become a ha-ha, I fooled you, I was bad all along, you know, you're stupid, you're a fat mark. And that's exactly what we got, like especially if you watch the presser afterwards. Like it was like, oh, man, any bit of development that we might have gotten in the MJF character over the last month was completely thrown out the window.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, watching that yeah, that clip from the from the presser and you know, like we were kind of talking like, "Oh, is this going to be MJF maybe having like a tweener reign kind of and let's see how they pull this off." And then you watch that promo and you go, "Ah, it's just this." Okay. Yeah, business as usual but with Regal thrown in.
2: You know?
0: Yeah, maybe more on that later. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you know, I I think there's merit to uh, doing it like MJF does it in a way, not breaking character, staying, you know, staying in character at meet and greets and and going on podcasts and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, I just think tran I think he's trying to reflect the the Harley races of the world, uh, you know, and and up through of of maintaining that character and. You know, don't drop your guard so so you don't let people know that that's not you. I just think doing that in today's day and age with today's outlets and technology, I think he needs to adapt it better. I don't know how, <laughs> uh, but I think he, he needs to look more at uh, taking the, the inspiration from the guys who wouldn't break character when you couldn't break character and find a way to filter that or blend that with the way the internet and technology works now, uh, because it does just end up coming off as not genuine. And I think that hurts him. Um, as far as the regal stuff, I mean, I think regal lo- works better as a snake anyway. Um, I just, you know, the, like to Adam's point, the ha ha, this was a trick the whole time is, is a little, uh, lame and uh, easy, a little too, little too easy with the, you know, writing it down on a piece of paper to then put it on TV. Um, yeah, whatever.
7: And
2: I was going to say I agree that Regal as a snake is definitely more fitting in, with his character. But I will miss him uh, basically flirting with Excalibur. Like if that's coming uh, to a stop, I feel like you're ruining television. Agreed. Uh, I'll, I'll agree
1: there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say MJF, he will be forgiven if he puts out a $250,000 bounty on John Moxley's head and screams somebody take the damn money. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: So, anything else for the paper? For you guys, you guys want to uh, talk about, discuss, or otherwise? Yeah, I got. Um, I, so, I, I good, think, uh, yeah,
3: um, uh, uh, two things uh, that I think really. Well, one thing that really surprised me, uh, and one thing that shouldn't have been a surprise, but I was glad at the way it happened. Uh, I think the cave, the Jungle Boy Luchasaurus cage match. Overperformed. That match was really, really good. And I was not expecting it to be. Uh, we all know my history with Luchasaurus, uh, where uh he fooled me into thinking he was good once uh and never again. Uh and jungle boy is, is fine, talented athlete, young kid. We'll see where the future goes. Uh, this cage match was excellent. Uh Jungle Boy hits a gusher. Uh, they thrown each other all over the place. Like I really, really enjoyed this match and I wasn't expecting to, this was probably might've been like the match I was dreading the most on the whole card. And it was really one of my favorite matches.
0: I think on the way there, I had said that this match should be like a four minute squash jungle boy just comes in, flattens Luchasaurus and kind of closes the chapter on this. And it ended up being a much longer match. But as the match went on, I'm just like, okay, I'm with it now. I'm back into it. And I thought it was a very strong performance, as you mentioned, for Jungle Boy. Uh, Hopefully this is the thing that moves him up, escalates him up the card, or something, you know?
3: Yeah. Uh, And the second thing is, uh, I think... Uh, Adam, it'll be interesting to hear your opinion since you weren't there for it. You're watching it on TV or, you know, legal means whatever. Uh, <laughs> it was legal, surprisingly. Uh, Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, best match on the show.
2: Uh, I, I think it was definitely a very enjoyable match. I, I would put it in my top three. Um, The Ring of Honor title match I really enjoyed, and I did enjoy, sorry, the uh, Elite's Versus the death triangle. I think those were my top three favorite matches on the show. Um, As far as Tony storm versus Jamie hater. I am in the minority on this podcast. I I, I am a card carrying member of the hater hive. Like she's in my top 10, but like I was rooting for Tony storm. So I felt a little disappointed that Tony storm lost. Uh, So that might've poo pooed my overall feeling of the match. But it's hard to be disappointed to see Hayter get the title and, you know, not to go too far ahead. Like, obviously, Britt Baker is being super supportive of the new champion. So you can kind of tell that that turn might be happening soon. Uh, So maybe we'll get Jamie as a face uh, sometime soon. Uh, But the match itself wasn't my favorite match, but I enjoyed it a lot. Again, top
1: three match from the pay-per-view for me. Hey, hey Adam, do you, do yeah. you hear that? But do you hear that buzz, buzz? Do you hear that?
2: <laughs> Again, I, I I'm not mad. It's just it's one A and one B, and one B happened to win the title.
1: That's you the know? hater hive rising up, baby. We're here and we're here to stay. Uh, yeah, for real. That match, we, I think the three of us that were at the pay per view all thought that was amazing. Um, and I'll I'll give you this with the Elite versus Death Triangle match, uh two out of the the six combatants involved i fucking hate um watching it live it's not my type of wrestling that i like being in a live crowd that bites on every little thing made it more like enjoyable i'll say yeah
2: yeah it's a much different
1: experience
2: the live atmosphere, especially with your your typical non-Chicago AEW fans probably eat up everything the Elite does. And I'm a flippy, kicky guy. And, I uh, you know, the Bucks never said nothing bad, bad about me. So uh, I went into it, you know, enjoying it a little bit more than, you know, the rest of us on the podcast. But I would probably say my favorite match of the night was the Ring of Honor title.
0: It was a good match up until the finish.
2: Yeah. It's a hard thing. You jump over Claudio swinging somebody, spin around, and hit somebody with your elbow.
0: Hey, you know if what you I would can't, do? If you can't, you know if
1: you do? can't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, not do it.
1: It probably worked in rehearsals, you know?
5: Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> just,
1: just another AEW Jericho finish that you can't ever show again.
2: <laughs> uh, you know what? That shit happens, and I get it. It's a bad finish, but I'm not going to hold that finish against the other 99% of the match that was really good. And Jericho has been busting his ass the last couple of months. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw him under the bus.
0: He, he definitely redeemed himself on Wednesday. How about that?
2: He, nah, sure, he did. sure did.
0: <laughs>
3: uh, Brett, do you want to, you want to talk about your buddy from the pay-per-view or before we move on? Do
1: you want to, you want to get oh. into that? Yeah, uh, real quick. Uh, one of our favorite Twitter follows, uh, Twitter follows, I feel had a very similar live experience last night with people sitting behind him. Uh, <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, yeah, dude. Like, I don't know if it's just me or I, I don't know, but this it, it's it's like the crowd know it alls. And this is where I wish virtual pros was still a, a, a podcast and they had their shame tournament. Um, yeah, it's just like the dude was relentless all night just to like people behind him. Like did, I didn't say a word to the guy cause I would have flipped out, but like you had three people that were sitting by us, like right behind us the night before, like they were awesome. They were so, like having so much fun at the rampage show during full gear. It's like this guy just took them out of, out of even having fun. And I was like, Oh my God, this sucks. Um, so cher- cherish good uh people that you sit by when you're at a wrestling show because that- that's few and far between. I feel.
2: Yeah, I'm with you, Brett. I get triggered by that shit all the time. Uh, that happened to us at Monday Night Raw a couple times,
1: you know. And yeah, and like, I, like, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. No, finish. And I was just gonna say Joe did a good job. He's like, ah, I tuned him out. I was like, brother. I don't know I how. <laughs> yeah,
2: I can't. It, it. I have the personality that I let shit get to me. I cannot like. I'll be at a movie theater, and if somebody's like crumpling a bag of chips, it fucking pisses me off. I'm I'm too I'm too high strung. Uh, but I will say, I completely forgot to mention this. I had a lo- uh, a know it all in line at the Johnny Gargano thing, and <laughs> I was gonna, I, I was gonna write some of them down, and I forgot to. But I two of them stick out. Uh, the one of them. And I'm going to start with this is he again, this was just a guy who was near the front of the line and he was just holding court with everybody in line, whether they wanted to hear it or not. Like, I don't know if he was just like, oh, I'm, I'm a wrestling expert and you're you're not. So I'm going to just tell you stuff. Uh, but first and foremost, uh, he mentioned Liv Morgan and that while other people find her attractive, he really doesn't because she's not his type. Uh, no. That was yelled oh. relatively loudly. Uh, but my favorite. Was he said, I can't really get into the WWE because legitimate athletes like Logan Paul and uh, I forget the, the kicker's name. That was a commentary guy. I'm forgetting his Pat, Pat, Mac- Pat, Mac- Pat, Mac- Pat, McAfee. Pat McAfee, Logan Paul and Pat McAfee being legitimate athletes would beat everybody 100 times out of 100. So because WWE doesn't allow them to shine that way, he just can't get into it. And I was like, oh, fucking, this guy, please go inside now. I'll stand out here and freeze. But, oh, I hate people, dude.
0: But he was in line for a signing for a WWE superstar.
2: Yeah, yeah. But he was actively saying that one of the things that keeps them from getting into WWE is that they don't acknowledge legitimate
0: athletes like Logan Paul. <laughs> I I could only hope he said one of those things to Johnny Gargano. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? He was there was two lines. There was a VIP line. Like if you bought
2: the major Bendy, you were in the air quotes VIP line, which had like 300 people in it. And then there was the general admission line that had like three people. in it. he was in the general admission. So he did have to wait until everybody else went in. Ah. Oh, but I would have liked to have seen that conversation. It was unfortunate
3: too because at at the pay per view uh, for us to to step back there, the people in front of us were amazing. Uh, you know, they rampaged, they were because we bought bought bundle tickets, so we had the same seats both nights. So yeah. the people in front of us were like, "See you tomorrow!" Can't wait! It's gonna be so much fun. And we're like, "Yeah, I can't wait to see you tomorrow. It's gonna be awesome." You know, like Brett said, the people behind us were having so much fun, and like the lady was explaining everything because the the guys she was with, the two guys she was with weren't up necessarily to date with AEW, so she was trying to like...
0: And she was, like, an awesome super fan. Yeah,
3: yeah. she was talking about Japanese wrestling and the difference in the rings and, like, all this stuff and being, like, super nice and explaining and trying to relate people in AEW to people they would know and, like, stuff like that. And then that second night, that guy just drained the energy out of everyone, like, there and behind him, like, just... And, like, he would... He would say something, and then the other people would like cheer at something happening on the show. And he would pause. And when they were done cheering, he would go, "As I was saying."
2: Oh, and was <laughs> he saying this to like somebody that he was with, or was he trying to like talk to no, the whole? I, th- area? I think he was, he was all by
3: himself. I think he was by himself. It was all strangers.
2: I mean, at what point did you consider turning around, and being like, "Dude, shut the fuck up," because that's what well, I was there...
1: doing. It was during the main event. Uh, you know, sure. it's Moxley and MJF and this dude's just going on and on about CM Punk. I just wanted to be like, brother, we we all get it. We know. Yeah. We know yeah. what happened. Like, shut up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well that's the perfect segue, I'd say.
1: Uh <laughs> all right.
0: because Adam mentioned how much he loved the Elite versus the Lucha Brothers or Death Triangle match from the pay-per-view. Adam, how much did you love the one from TV this week?
2: Uh, the match was fine. And I'll just say I do not like the idea of the best of seven. Uh, like, I enjoyed the match, but I feel like less is more. And when they were like, oh, hey, it's a best of seven series over the next, like, six shows. And I'm like, well, it's absolutely going seven because that's what happens. Uh, so I was disappointed they went to the best of seven as far as the match itself on, on dynamite, it wasn't as good as the pay-per-view match, but it had the outright spitting in the face of the Chicago crowd, which I really love because fucking Chicago, AEW fans are insufferable uh, considering like all of them are pro wrestling tease employees. Um, But I, I did not like the match as much, but I liked the mocking of Phil um, and it's, Obviously, a lot of people on Twitter are saying, well, is Phil really gone? You know, like they're really, really, really laying it in. And we haven't gotten an official announcement that like he's suspended or released or anything like that. Like, is this leading to uh, CM Punk coming back? You know, I don't know. But I enjoyed the biting. I enjoyed the go to sleep. I enjoyed the Chicago crowd being pissed because fuck them. They're annoying. Um, I You know Overall, I give it the
1: Adam seal of approval.
0: How about you guys?
1: <laughs> hey, Adam, you're wrong.
0: Oh, fuck <laughs> Uh
3: So uh, coming off of a this day in history that has a little person, Brett Hart, come out when Brett was definitely gone from the company. <laughs> uh, I don't know that you can use that sort of, you know, oh, they brought him up on TV and they're making fun of him. He's going to be back kind of thing. Uh, my favorite part about it was that earlier in the day, Kenny Omega did an interview on sports illustrated where he said, uh, like get over it. It's just a group of guys who got into it, who had a problem. We've taken care of it. Don't focus on it. I don't think the fans should focus on it. We should all move past and focus on the art. We're trying to put on TV flash fast, fast forward six hours later, and he's biting a guy on the arm and doing the go to sleep. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's, it's, Chicago insufferable audience versus three insufferable dickwads in the ring. I don't know. Well, Sports Illustrated
2: isn't canon. Like, just because you say it in a magazine, who who fucking reads Sports (laughs) Illustrated? You have television, you have the internet. Come on. It
0: wasn't, well, it wasn't even Sports Illustrated. It was sportsillustrated.com. So it was the internet. There you go. And I'll say, I'll, I think that uh, my feelings were summed up by this tweet from uh, Max Power on Twitter, aka Max Power. Uh, the AEW six-man titles are so important that the elite worked in a bunch of comedy spots, how they got beat up in real life by arguably the worst UFC fighter of all time, and then <laughs> lost the fake match, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Uh all
2: to machi- when the elite <laughs> wins those titles. Uh to
3: Michelle's point uh my wife Michelle who was a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago our show uh her favorite thing about all of this is that a man got bit by a guy with a dog's name while the dog with a man's name did nothing
1: <laughs> So Hey uh, hey hey Joe what was your thoughts on the on the match and everything that these fun little boys did
0: I used to like Kenny Omega Oh come on um now typically, I, whenever there's a, a Young Bucks match on, I usually like use that to like clip my toenails, clean my ears, <laughs> watch Simpsons clips, you know, important things. But I'm like, since Chicago, I have a feeling I should watch this, right? And because I have a VPN and I pay for Fight Plus through uh, a foreign channel so I can get the commercial free feed <clears> – <throat> <laughs> uh, I really got the full feel of this match. And uh, and again, I guess this was the right thing to do in front of this crowd. They were going to come out and be heels. Let's see what they do with this next week. But if you like the Bucks and Kenny, you probably like them more after this. If you didn't like the Bucks and Kenny, uh, then you probably didn't like them more after this. And this isn't a situation of like, well, I'm back on team punk now. No, no punk had his year. He's a piece of shit. He's done too. It's, it's a battle amongst unlikable people. So I don't like anyone. I'm like, can't more of this time of them fucking around on TV be given to something or someone productive. Like how awesome would it have been if there was an Eddie Kingston promo on instead of these guys fucking around. Right. Or like, let's say like jungle boy had a match where he won right or like we did literally anything else but these guys fucking around right
2: i I agree with you with eddie kingston but like i would never want to see a jungle boy match over a a kenny omega match i think that's just a
1: joke i'm sorry so here like i'm not doing a bit here yeah here's where i fall with that adam like I I'm I love Kenny Omega. I think he he's fucking phenomenal. I hate the Young Bucks with a passion, and when he gets around these two dweebs, like I feel like it just bleeds off onto him, and it makes me not like him, and that hurts my heart because I really do like Omega. And on that New Japan Stardom show from Sunday, uh, you know he the video played like he's coming back to New Japan and he's on Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, for the U.S. title against Will Ospreay. And I was like, holy shit, I can't wait. This is going to be great. And then watching that last night, I'm going, oh, man, why do you have to do this shit?
2: Yeah. No, I get it. And, like, I'm first to admit, like, before I started this podcast and before AEW existed, I really liked the Young Bucks. And I'll say it into a microphone. Like, I like the New Japan stuff. I like the Ring of Honor stuff. When we started doing this podcast, uh, not only was I exposed to some behind the scenes stuff, but they also started becoming more unlikable on television uh, and just kind of like things just 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 kind of triggered me the wrong way. Um, But with that being said, like I can still enjoy a Young Bucks match and not have it be like, oh, well, I don't like the way they act on the Internet or the way they act in the locker room. I still enjoy the match and, you know, what they do in the ring. I can still enjoy it and I'm in the minority on that, but whatever it is, what it is. And I don't hold it against Kenny Omega. You know, again, I would a hundred times out of a hundred, I would rather watch a Kenny Omega match over jungle boy. You know?
3: Yeah. It, it's So you're saying that Joe is a bad influence on you
2: the way the <laughs> yeah. young bucks are a bad influence on Kenny. Uh, Joe uh, has exposed me to the, the dark side of the ring, if you will. <laughs>
3: Uh, Kenny, for me, I, he's not a guy I love. I acknowledge how good he is uh, in the ring. I, I acknowledge his great matches with Okada and other people. Um, I, you know, do I? Who do I think is better? I think even Brett would agree that Okada's sure. better.
7: Awesome.
3: Um, but uh, Kenny's, I, and, I, and I like watching Kenny wrestle. He, he's never connected me with on a level where I'm like cheer, like like waiting to see him, like being like, oh, Kenny's on the show. I can't wait to watch it. Um, and him, Osprey. I'm. I'm going to get him on the show. That's that's ugh, ugh. but um I will say that Kenny physically in this match looked l- closest to Kenny of 2 or 3 years ago than we've seen in AEW. He physically this suspension time off has done really well for him. I think yeah. he was moving quicker, he had a bit of his snap back uh and sort of looked healthier and more like the Kenny Omega that we were promised we were getting when AEW started, as opposed to we were because we've kind of only gotten like one armed cupping all the time Kenny for the last three years because how hard he was working. So,
2: yeah, and, and Kenny Omega, don't get me wrong, he does not tell stories in the ring. You know, you look at Eddie Kingston, you know, or like a lot of other people, you know, Christian or or whatever. There's Moxley, even MJF. They'll they'll tell a story in the ring. Uh, Kenny Omega doesn't tell a story. Kenny Omega just does high spots and does really good wrestling. But there's no story in there where you're like, man, I want to see him, you know, overcome the odds and, you know, get this win. Like they're obviously painting a picture where the elite is going to be behind in this best of seven. They're down 0-2. Who knows? They might be down 0-3 before the elite does the comeback. None of that storytelling, as I use air quotes, is meaningful. So that is a a kind of a detriment to, to Kenny Omega and the Bucks. You're just here for the wrestling, you know, and that I think that's one of the things that Kenny Omega will never be, in my eyes, like a top, top, top guy because you don't care about the character or the person. You just care about the match itself, if that makes any sense.
3: Yeah, I think it does. All
8: right.
3: And I would take a Kenny Omega match over a Jungle Boy match. Not not that I'm burying Jungle Boy at all. Oh, no, not you know, at all. Kenny's a proven com- commodity, a little better. That's all.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Again, Jungle Boy's very entertaining, but in maybe five years from now, that'll flip flop. But right now, Christian's the best part of that entire Jungle Boy Luchasaurus storyline. You know, I'm not paying to see Jungle Boy matches, even though the cage match was pretty good. But Kenny Omega, like I, when he's wrestling, I'm going to watch that. I'm not going to look at my phone.
0: And I'll just say this, you know, you mentioned Christian, whether it be in the Jungle Boy feud or otherwise, but Kenny's program that he had with Christian was the most invested I was in in with Kenny as a character. And that was because Christian was doing a ton of the heavy lifting. You know, you could split hairs and say it was over the Impact title, who cares? But like it was at least a coherent storyline and there was reasons for things to be happening, you know?
2: Yeah. And when Omega and Christian had the TNA belt, it actually meant something. You know, right. so it's like, yeah, you could be like, oh, it's the impact title, but it was presented as a legitimate title that like good wrestlers go for and not moose. You know? Yeah. So, so uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Joe. I was
0: going to say, because uh, I got one more thing that's not AEW to talk about.
3: OK, I have a, a, two things what? about AEW to bring up still
0: yeah, one go ahead. Of them
3: being the, the main event. But the other thing I'm going to say, something that I think was never has never been said on this podcast I'm gonna even dare to say on the Soon to Be Name Network as a whole. Never oh. been never been uttered. Good on Jake Hager.
5: <laughs> oh.
3: Uh he really pulled his own weight and hung in there with the comedy hat stuff against Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Who knew? It would take I, I, a purple hat to get him over. You know? like I, I, I didn't even really like the hat stuff until this. And it's oh, granted it's Orange Cassidy, but like just the fact that he was able to keep up and didn't actively sabotage that match. I'm like, good job, Hager. You know, good for you, pal. It's, I'm never going to say that again. But I was like, man, he's really being funny and and holding his own. I I really I really like that match, and I thought Hager did a good job.
2: Yeah, I think it was it was a perfectly fine match. Like, I agree. Hager normally when he comes out, you're just like, all right, I'm fast forwarding if I have time to or I'm stepping out, grabbing something to drink. Um, Obviously, with Orange Cassidy being the match, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to watch this. And I wasn't disappointed, you know. So I think that is the first Jake Hager match I actually watched from start to finish, uh, other than maybe his Octagon match with Wardlow, <laughs> because that was a car crash. <laughs> you know, he couldn't look away. Uh, but I agree. Like, I, I don't want to ever say that I look forward to anything Jake Hager related because he's a piece of shit. But, like, yeah, you put I'm a purple never hat again. on him. Yeah, you put right. a purple hat on him. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, all right, I'll pay attention at least. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, call- and the last thing... Uh, I was going to say, and- I just
0: want to throw in, call it a hunch. I don't I don't have any information on this, but are you telling me a comedy match with spots worked around hats with tons of people on the outside including Chuck Taylor and 3.0? I have a feeling I know who agented that match, who kind of put the structure of that match together, and I'm not taking anything away from Jake Hager because it's one thing to be told what to do in a match and it's sure. another thing to do it in a way that it connects and makes sense. So I do give a little bit to Jake Hager to that, but uh, whoever put the idea for that match together, uh, you know, it's probably a much better mind for the business that a lot of people probably give them credit for.
3: I agree. Uh, Joe, you want to talk about double J at all? You good?
0: Uh, I was shocked to see double J on TV again this week. I thought after he, uh retired Sting this past Saturday at the pay-per-view, <laughs> Sting's last match. Um, you know, we had people in my in the section that were right alongside, they were all chanting double J. Double J, the whole section was true, very uh, true. Right. You just couldn't hear us because everybody else was chanting Sting. Um, but uh if we somehow on T V get a double J versus Billy Gunn singles match. In 2022, or at the very least, some sort of six-man match where it's Billy and the Acclaimed against, like, J-Lethal, Double J, and Satnam Singh, I'm here for it, man. I think it's fantastic.
3: You know, me too. Uh, I'm going to actually say uh, this might be a bit of a shock to everyone here, but uh, if you listen to We Need Wrestling last week, and we sort of talked about this, I was a Sting guy. I wore my Sting shirt. Uh, Super excited to see Sting in person. We watched him jump off the the balcony right near us. Uh, Seeing it live, uh, I'm a little up on Double J. Uh, You know, I really enjoyed that. I I thought he did a really good job. I think, uh, you know, I I had a lot of fun watching that match. So uh, seeing him on TV and with the potential for Uh, him, Billy Gunn, I'm here for it too. I'm, 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 I'm trending up on double J more than I
1: was a week ago. You don't know how happy you've just made me. So thank you so much. Hey, thank double J. He did it. He put in the work. Always does. J rocks, man. Right. Does anybody have anything non AEW for the rest of the week? I do. All right. I, cause I have one thing non-AEW. Um right. you go was, ahead. I
0: can save mine for last last.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so it was the uh, <laughs> it was the uh New Japan stardom. They had their first ever like crossover show. Uh, it was a pay-per-view on New Japan World. Uh the main event was for the uh crowning of the inaugural IWGP women's championship which, you know, if you follow the history of Japanese wrestling, that's a pretty big fucking deal that they're doing it. Uh, the main event was Mayu Iwatani. So she's like kind of like uh, if you were to have like a three musketeers of stardom, um, you know, it'd be like her, uh, Io Shirai, and uh, her opponent in this match, which was Kyrie Sane. Uh, this match was fucking killer if you, you know, can go out of you ready to watch it you should go watch it uh it was brutal and they beat the shit out of each other and uh, it capped off a pretty cool uh two days for uh women's wrestling with the hater and um tony storm match the night before so it was uh it was pretty cool i i think dj watched this too i did this was the
3: only thing that i watched uh i i thought it was great Kari sane you you guys know her she was the pirate lady in the wwe for a bit um <laughs> Uh, this match was very good. Uh, Kyrie does something that I wish, uh, and uh, I'm gonna tie this back to Eddie Kingston. So Kyrie does the spinning back fists, right? The and uh, she crushes people with them. And Eddie does most of the time, but you can tell when Eddie's in the ring with somebody who doesn't want to eat an uncontrolled fist to the face. <laughs> so he goes a little lower or doesn't, you know, doesn't snap it around as hard. Uh, poor Mayu did not get that opportunity. Uh, Kyrie Sane murdered her with with the spinning back fists, a minimum six times in this match. <laughs> uh, it was it was a really good match. It's super cool to see New Japan crossing over with Stardom. It's not it's the first time you know uh, New Japan doesn't have women on their cards, um, and so this was a nice crossover event. And hopefully they can start to you know they get a lot, they get some some heat. For, for, you know, people consider it maybe not modern or whatever uh, and, you know, not having women's matches featured on the card. And I think they're trying to test those waters. And I think it's really good idea, especially with how hot stardom is. Uh, like they're easily the one and two company in Japan. So it's really cool to see them working together with something that was sort of unprecedented for the, you know, the last 50 years of Japanese wrestling. So, yeah.
2: And I I mean, obviously, I watch the show as well, and I agree with everything you guys said, but I I just don't want to throw anything else out there because obviously I can't say it any better than you guys did. Right. I mean, we know that you're the I I appreciate that, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I I don't want to steal your spotlight on that. (laughs)
0: Um, And and I I like to feel as though I have a pretty diverse uh, list of people that I follow on social media. And I would say uh, that there was a lot of discussion. I was seeing tons of discussion about this on the timeline. And if this is the thing that gets people involved in Japanese wrestling, if this is the thing that gets people involved in New Japan, if this is the thing that gets people involved in stardom, with however that crossover touches you, you know, I'm okay with how you come into being a fan of professional wrestling. Um, you know, Your path is not the same as mine or Brett's or DJ's or Adam's. But as long as we're all on the same road together and we're not annoying anyone else, welcome (laughs) aboard.
1: Agreed.
3: Agreed.
2: Did anybody? I'm sorry, I just throw it. Did anybody happen to watch the Teddy Hart documentary on the cock?
1: I did. I watched it the other night.
0: I did not get a chance to. I was going to assign it to Adam for homework. Uh, uh, (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, I won't get too
2: in depth on it, you know, unless Brett wants to. But I did watch it. It's only three episodes, an hour piece. And I'll admit that just about everything I know from uh, about Teddy Hart, I learned from Pod Van Dam. So there's a lot (laughs) of stuff in here uh, that I didn't know. Um, And uh, obviously I saw Teddy Hart at the Orange Cassidy GCW WrestleMania weekend show. uh, And I've never seen Teddy Hart you know, in person or at an indie show other than that. So uh, I didn't know a lot of the stuff and man, is he a fucking psychopath and allegedly probably a killer or at least an accomplice to a killer Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly uh, it, it was a really good watch. Um, I will say that the documentarian uh, is also kind of sketchy uh, because he might have enabled some stuff, I think by just kind of being there and, uh, I don't know. That's just my opinion, but I I feel like it's a really easy, quick watch, and I recommend it if anybody hasn't watched it. Dangerous
1: Breed on on the cock. Yeah, dude. The uh, the director is like an insufferable piece of shit, and like trying to make it all kind of about him too, uh, which like what a scumbag as well. Um, trigger warning: there is like one scene outside of a restaurant with some. Uh, some words that are used that i was like holy shit why is nobody calling the cops right now yeah like there's obviously
2: a a very blatant pattern to teddy hart's behavior uh that is very easy to draw lines to like where exactly uh, a certain missing person might be right now um yeah, I mean, it's it's just the most obvious thing. And he constantly contradicts himself and outright lies on camera with stuff that's very easily provable. Man, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> uh,
0: and, and it was a very enjoyable
1: watch, you know?
0: And he's booked for a Frank Goodman show in Florida in a couple months.
1: Oh, what a shocker. That's
0: going to be a very interesting thing to see how that all pans out, you know? I just wish, like...
2: I wish this was on, like, Netflix or something like that because I feel like if it was on Netflix, it could have gotten the Tiger King push. And it being on the cock, if you're not a wrestling fan, you're not going to see this. Like, if it was on Netflix, casuals would have picked it up, you know, and I feel like that would have hurt uh, – where it was released, it's hurting its exposure. Like, I think of a lot more people seeing this uh, would have been helpful with him not getting booked or, or possibly, you know – the missing person case having more exposure. I don't know.
0: This could have been shown on free TV and everyone in America was mandatorily forced to watch it. He would still get bookings on the Indies. It doesn't matter. I get
2: it. Yeah. Oh, and they did a great job of, uh, What's a the 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 wrestling school team dojo or whatever? Oh, team Vision Dojo,
0: Jason yeah. Rance. Oh, they did a great job they, putting over. They that cover wrestling. that too. Yeah, there's Ooh. there's a
1: there's a talking head interview with Jason Rance, and it's uh the way that they framed it up, they're like, like oh yeah, this guy definitely a piece of shit. Here's the interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, here's
2: some footage of some. uh like custom wrestling matches that are featuring people in banana hammocks and certain manipulation of that area. And then, like, Jason Rance would be like, Oh, we, you know, if you want to see this person against this person, you know, just th- that's all it is. There's nothing sexual about it. <laughs> you Whoa. know, and it, it was very, uh, a great burial of that. That's probably the only thing in the documentary that, like, was like, All right, good on you, documentarian. Wow. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Like I said, three one-hour or less episodes, like maybe 50 minutes. Uh, very quick watch.
5: Yeah, Plus I there was I the go fact, out of
2: your way to watch it. Yeah, and there was people paying Teddy Hart $2,000 a month. To uh, go to his wrestling school, the like the New Heart Dungeon or Heart Dungeon, oh. you know. <laughs> and like before, you can get in the ring. You had to take care of his cats because if you can't take care of his cats, uh, he won't trust you in the ring. So people were paying him two thousand dollars a month for them to basically be young boys in Teddy Hart's house and like clean up and bring them drinks and stuff like that. And the ring was just this fucking tiny little like five foot by five foot thing in his backyard. It was hilarious. Woof. I'll get around a, to it. I yeah.
0: know the guy was like filming Teddy for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a- they didn't have footage of him showing up unannounced to an independent uh, promotion that may no longer be running. And the biggest person on the roster was tasked to sit in the locker room and just keep an eye on Teddy to make sure he didn't steal anything. <laughs>
2: No, I was hoping that they'd have like, oh, he showed up at this indie show and all the boys fucking kicked him out. You know, <laughs> nothing like that.
1: Mm-hmm. It, yeah, they didn't have anybody uh, jump at a picture with him either in that and then say, oh, I didn't know who it was yeah. uh, afterwards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> picture I have with Teddy Hart is from 2004. The statute of limitations is well, – or whoever that is in that picture I posted the other day.
7: It could be <laughs> Yeah.
0: He's not wearing a hat, so it's not me. Oh, no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> um. But so lastly, I just want to mention, uh, you know, we were talking before about, you know, 97, The Rock and Stone Cold. We're talking about today, Kenny Omega and stuff like that. You talk about people that are stars and superstars and, you know, how how do you know someone's a big deal in professional wrestling when they're all over TV? And I don't mean like one segment. I don't mean two segments. I don't mean three segments. (laughs) I say four segments. Adam, I don't know if you watched SmackDown this past week. I did not. So you didn't see the multi-million dollar megastar from Hagerstown, Maryland, L.A. Night, and I did the point as well, uh, dominate the show. He comes out. He runs down Bray Wyatt. He slaps Bray Wyatt in the face twice, gives him the two-for-one special, Then he's in another backstage segment. And then he's in another backstage segment where he goes over on Uncle Howdy. He's the biggest star in the world, L.A. Night, as far as I'm concerned, of the nine minutes I watched of SmackDown this week. I still have SmackDown on my
2: DVR, so I'll give that a shot. You know, that does sound completely plausible that they built the show around
0: him. At least, like I said, I watched nine minutes of SmackDown. It was all L.A. Night stuff. So as far as I know, uh, you know, he's the biggest star in the world, right? Yeah.
2: Now, let me ask you a question, Joe. When he beats Bray and just kind of squashes this whole new sure. Bray Wyatt persona, you know, right. and like Bray has to go away and learn a new hold.
0: Send him uh, back to control your narrative. Sure.
2: Exactly. Is Ooh. L.A. Knight going to be the guy that takes down Roman Reigns?
0: Ooh. I know it makes sense <laughs> for it to happen, but... You know, you got guys like Sammy, you got guys like they're building up a match with Kevin Owens. I'm not going to say L.A. Knight's going to be the guy that beats Roman. I'm going to say L.A. Knight's going to be the guy that beats the guy that beats Roman. (laughs) So when Cody beats Roman at WrestleMania this year, the next night on Raw is when L.A. Knight beats Cody. (laughs)
2: Like maybe uh, L.A. Knight gets the money in the bank or something like that, you know, and cashes in.
0: Yeah, dummy! Isn't that what he says? <laughs> is that his catchphrase? <laughs> yep. All right. So, is there anything else anybody wants to talk about? It's been a huge show already. Uh, There's so much yeah.
3: more. We got so much to move on to. I just want to say this is such a big show that we didn't even talk about that Chris Jericho had a legitimate five star match on Wednesday night against Tomohiro Ishii. Just go watch it. I don't even want to talk about it. Legit five stars. Uh, Jericho's best match in a long, long time. But that's it.
2: <laughs> yeah, w- when I was watching, uh, I, forget, I think it was when they did the match announcement on the pay-per-view, it Was the f- when they first said that uh, Ishii yeah. was wrestling Jericho, uh, one of the guys in the room said that, you know what, that Ishii, that guy, like, they didn't say Ishii, but yeah. that guy, he looks like a pit bull. And I was like, you know <laughs> what? it's good he happened to say that because he's the stone people right. <laughs> if you like if you like nipple blood i have the match oh, for you <laughs> nipple blood <laughs> i don't understand like jericho has like such strong defined pecs like the fact yes. that he was able to slap the shit out of them until he drew blood i've never seen somebody
1: fucking bleed <laughs> that much from the chest
0: that was crazy
1: chris jericho's boobies love this business that's all i have to say <laughs>
0: and listen we give jericho a hard time man but when it comes time to like put on a classic man he still has got it in him you know he
2: does for sure and
0: i fucking love
2: the the lion tamer into the i'm sorry like the walls of jericho into the lion tamer transition like i don't know
0: why but i pop from that
2: you know yeah it was great
0: i think on the dude dude has to add to the dude scale like Obviously, like, if it takes place in the Tokyo Dome, it's automatic. <laughs> You're starting at seven stars. If it right. finishes a roll-up, that's plus two stars. But anytime Jericho does the, the like, the OG lion tamer to max, that's got to add at least, like, one or two yeah. stars out of the max.
3: It's one of my favorite things in wrestling. When he does it for real, the way I remember, the way it's supposed to be done, and nothing yes. makes me happier.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget, was it on, when, like, Jericho showed up on one of the Tough Enough's? And like he had already on TV transitioned to doing it just as a regular Boston crab because he was already at the top of the card. And he's not going to fucking do that to The Rock or Stone Cold or Triple H or anything else like that. And like he puts the old school knee on the back of the head lion tamer on one Mm -hmm. of the tough enough kids. And I'm just like, oh, that's fantastic. Yep.
3: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's, we talked about this week that passed. We talked about. Almost 40 years ago. Let's talk about this weekend. Is Sammy Zayn's kicking
4: down to the ring.
5: It's King Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho on the show. Brian Danielson. No, no, no.
4: Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe No.
2: Again, uh, it might be the fact that I'm about to hit my fifth beer, but that pops me every fucking time. So, uh, guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but the WWE has a pay-per-view this weekend called Survivor Series. Joe, there are five announced matches for this pay-per-view. Do you know the card?
0: Uh, Luckily, I have two lifelines that can help me out here. (laughs) Uh, There are one
3: lifeline. I have no idea.
0: Okay. (laughs) There are two war games matches. Correct. Yes. Okay. One of the war games matches is the Bloodline, which is Roman, Jimmy, Jay, Solo, and Sammy. Yep. Against the Brawlin' Brutes, uh, Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens.
2: That is correct.
0: And then there's the women's one, which the heel team is uh, Bailey, Io, um, N- Nikki Storm, Rhea Ripley, and uh, Dakota Kai.
2: Yeah, I don't know who Nikki Storm is, but Nikki uh, Cross. Nikki
0: Cross? i uh, yeah. sorry. And then the babyface side is uh, Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Oscar Bianca. A mystery person who we're gonna find out who it is on Friday. And Mia Yim.
2: That is correct. You're two for two.
0: Okay. Uh so the mystery person's gonna end up being Becky Lynch, right? We all agree. Okay, oh, I,
2: be... I saw the meme online. I thought it was gonna be CM Punk. <laughs> oh
0: Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, I know we have AJ versus Finn Balor in a singles match. Yeah. Did they officially announce LA Knight versus Bray Wyatt?
2: Oh, I wish, but no, they have not.
0: Okay, that's all I know for the show then.
7: Oh,
2: all right. Ronda Rousey's being fed somebody. And you, want, you want to take a guess as far as who, who the person who hasn't been on TV in months is going to get fed to Ronda?
0: Okay, now that you say it, I know. DJ and Brett, do you want to even guess who Ronda could be taken on at Survivor Series? I is it know Dana
1: the oh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> fucking. I wish. God damn it. I know the answer, but I, you know, let's. All right. All right let's let DJ guess. I just did. Dana Brooke. I have no idea.
0: <laughs> it shots uh, Yeah. A oh, really?
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, that's a shame.
0: That match is gonna stink
2: out loud. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like, and I could be wrong, but like Shotzi up until like maybe a week or two ago was just like nowhere to be found, you know, and like all this is how they do it. This is their formula. They're like, hey, person we haven't seen on TV in three months. You know, you get a week of looking strong and then you get fed to round and rousey.
0: Did they do like a multi-woman match on SmackDown like two weeks ago that was to determine the number one contender? And it was a bunch of people that just haven't been on TV and live Morgan.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was actively bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is Uh, Seth defending the U.S. title against Bobby Lashley again? uh,
2: You're close, and you are correct, but there's more. There's, like, is
0: Austin Theory and Mustafa Ali in the match, too?
2: Uh, It is a three-way with uh, Lashley and Austin Theory.
0: Okay, that's going to suck, too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I will say uh, I, I will watch the War Games matches. Just yeah, like I want to watch the Bloodline one because, you know, War Games is awesome. And that's probably why, you know, Regal left left AEW just so he could show up and say it's ball
1: games. <laughs>
2: uh, but the women's one I'll check out and maybe I'll stick around for AJ Styles, Finn Balor. I don't know. Anybody <laughs> else? Any interest in anything you heard here? DJ, you want to jump back on the WWE train? I really don't, but, you know, if if I hear from,
3: you know, one of you guys or Brett, you know, I usually rely on Brett week to week to tell me what's good on stuff I don't watch. but I don't mind watching it. I just, I'm just so not engaged in anything. Like, I, yeah. you know, like I had a ton of fun going to Raw, but I couldn't tell you really why anything was going on. I still have my favorites there and people I like, but I, you know, I mean, I have no interest in watching Rhonda squash Shotzi. Uh, yeah. I, I, I did have interest in the the discourse this week of, uh, how the, the four MMA horsewomen would have taken over the business if they ever were able to get on TV together. Uh, but, um, but yeah, no, I, you know, if you guys tell me something's good, I'll watch, but, uh, you know, and I do love the war games. So you tell me war games is good. You know, I don't have a problem with that, but
1: yeah yeah i'm gonna be watching the war game i'll watch the war games matches just because i want to see eo shirai put a trash can overhead and jump off the top of the (laughs) page i do like eo yeah Yeah. all right
2: everybody we're meeting at djs for uh survivor series (laughs) uh joe joe brett any predictions for like maybe the war games matches i get there's not like any sexy title matches in this to kind of predict but uh you know, who's winning? Obviously, Joe, you said that Becky Lynch is the TBA on the women's team.
0: Uh, that's where I'd put my money.
2: Yeah. Brett, any kind um, of shot? Like, you think Shotzi's going to pull up the upset?
1: Fuck no. Um, <laughs> I, I would. I think uh, the team of the Brutes, Owens, and Drew are going to beat the bloodline. Because um, okay. this is a way to... Put a little, you know, uh, chick in the armor of the bloodline a little bit without Roman having to eat a pin. Um, so I think that's where it's going to go. The women, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I, I hope it's Becky Lynch to be back, to be honest. Um, the rest of the card, yeah, like you said, Finn and AJ I'll probably check out because, you know, I, I still like those guys. But uh, everything else, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm all set.
2: Yeah. You don't think uh, Chelsea is going to be the the mystery female person?
0: Poor <laughs> Chelsea. Yeah,
2: no, listen, when, when Adam.
4: They,
0: when, <laughs> when, uh, when Lily comes to life and is a real-life character on the show, that's Chelsea. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> listen, Adam, there was somebody at the Full Gear pay-per-view wearing a Chelsea 469 shirt, and Joe and I just were disgusted. <laughs> 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 Oh, it's a good
2: it's a nice shirt. I don't know what, you, what you're talking about, but all right. So obviously there's no show homework this weekend uh, because right. of Survivor Series. Yes. I will just say parenthetically that I will be signing up for a fight for the first time to watch AIW's Hell on Earth this weekend uh, tomorrow, actually. So not homework. But, uh, you know, if you're on the fence about signing up for a fight, I think this is a good show to go give it a shot.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, if you sign up this weekend, your five bucks will get you, like, this and the next AIW show. And I think they do, like, a seven-day free trial as well if you want to kind of squeeze a little bit out of them. Uh, From there, I'm very interested in Wes versus Broski, very interested in uh, JB versus Eric Stevens, you know? Yeah, yeah.
2: Obviously, I will be defending my AIW Tag Team titles against 9-5, to so look for that, you know. Um, Masha Slamovich against
0: Jocelyn Navarro. Uh, Looks like a fun card, you know? For sure. So, speaking of Artie, I'm sure he's going to plug the show. He called in. We got a bunch of calls because Brett and DJ are here. I don't screen the calls beforehand. Uh, sometimes, like I said, the transcript comes up and I'll see a keyword or something, or somebody will say our names very quickly, and it'll run together as like one word that doesn't make any sense. But let's get right <laughs> into the voicemails.
8: Hello, Brett, DJ, Joe, and Adam. This is Kevin Ford. I want to wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving, a wonderful weekend, and that all of your Coliseum Collection Terry Funks arrive to you in the most pristine condition possible. And speaking of Terry Funk, since we have such Terry Funk fans on the uh, the podcast this week, I wanted to ask each of you, what's your favorite Terry Funk insult? And please, give it to me in your best Terry Funk impression. Uh, <laughs> I would tell you mine, but I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. So, once again, gentlemen, hope you all are doing well. Looking forward to hearing this week's show.
2: Bye! <laughs> Can I just say first, uh, I apologize. I am admittedly very new to the Terry Funk appreciation wagon. I apologize. I'm trying to do my best. And I I study at the foot of the dude on this one. I do not have a Terry Funk insult. So I'm going to sit back, let
1: you guys take this over. Oh boy. Who wants to go first?
0: Uh, DJ, I'm going to say you go last. (laughs) Okay. All right. I got like six. And if I'm stealing yours, I apologize.
3: Uh, if like you not, if you if you say what I'm going to say, I'm just going to come up with an, with another one. Right. Good.
0: right. Um But there's n- nothing better when Terry Funk specifically to Mick Foley calls him satchel ass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> mine is also tied for him to Mick Foley, where it's, uh, <laughs> your mother's a whore, your kids are bastards
0: <laughs> he also called Dewey a whore Dewey was a six year old boy
3: uh, so you, neither of you guys stole mine uh, where to begin um, I, listen I always over elaborate when it comes to Terry Funk uh, the way he manages to call Ric Flair a jackass is a very special <laughs> use of that word Uh, But my all-time favorite Terry Funk insult uh, is from probably my all-time favorite Terry Funk promo, which is the against Jerry Lawler, true Florida cracker uh, (laughs) (laughs) promo where uh, he – and I I talked about this on Final Wrestling Place when I was on there with with Mr. Tim. Uh, He pours motor oil over his head, a five-pound bag of dirty dirt, and that's exactly what it is over his head and is in a shower and he is just covered in goo. He drank some motor oil and he did that so that he finally understands what it's like Jerry Lawler
1: to be a true Florida cracker. So
3: (laughs) that's, that's my favorite one. Uh, or or Ric Flair has a yellow stripe runs up his back. That's a good one too.
0: Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I'm say i preferential to Banana Nose Jackass specifically.
1: For <laughs> right. right. Banana Nose was going to be my honorable mention.
0: Oh.
3: <laughs> well, e- even I don't know if you guys noticed if you looked at your Coliseum things on the bottom of the box, it says egg sucking dog. Right. Sure
0: I was going to say egg, egg sucking dog was like kind of a catch all. But like that was yeah. mostly specifically for Dusty. Right. It
3: was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he had the he had the T-shirt that he had made that said "Dusty uh, Dusty Sucks Eggs." Uh, but yeah, it just the the word "jackass" out of Terry Funk's mouth is like so more so much more meaningful than anyone else's. It's really remarkable. Yeah.
2: Now, obviously, not weekly purchases because we bought these last week. But how is everybody liking their Coliseum collection figures? Loving it, Beautiful. completely in love. Yeah, absolutely, awesome. Completely in love.
0: Anyone listening want a, a Terry uh, Terry Hulk Hogan uh, with the box and the other box? Uh, <laughs> you know, hit me up. I'll cut you a deal. Uh, I and was going to say, I, if somebody takes
2: Joe's,
1: money. they could have mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I sold my extra,
2: so I, nice. I passed it on to a good brother. So we're we're good on that. So I just have my one, and the opportunity's over. But uh, next caller. Hi, Joe,
4: Adam, Brett, and DJ. This is DeWicki. She's uh, just calling. I wanted to say happy Thanksgiving. I hope you was feeling well. I hope you, all of you are feeling well. Uh, but I really wanted to call because it, it's just the number I called to leave a question for Tim and Marcus. Because uh, if so, I want to know why it took three weeks for Kevin Nash to be inducted into the Good Place Hall of Fame. Yeah. Talk to you guys later.
2: Yeah, because they said, oh, we don't want to lead off with the obvious. But I was like... Uh, if that's what the people want, you got to give them what they want.
0: Tim and yeah, Marcus have a of Ballot, number, but I don't think they plug it enough.
1: Yeah, that was first ballot, uh, Grand Slam, slam dunk Hall of Famer. Come on, boys. <laughs> but, uh,
2: yeah, happy Thanksgiving, obviously, to DeWiki and everybody else that calls. Yeah, wiki the the
3: uh, the spreadsheet keeper for our other podcast, Wings on Wings, uh, really uh, a, a true asset to the soon to network, if I do say so myself.
0: Right, and he's been busy this month because he had the musical that he was in, and he right. still yep. took time out of his busy schedule to like do all of our nonsense, you know. Yep. Yeah,
2: he hasn't. He hasn't been leaving comments on uh, longboxheroes.com, dot com though. Like uh, every like Thursday slash Friday, I go or Friday slash Saturday, I go and check, and last couple weeks, there hasn't been anything. I get it. You're a big fucking star now.
0: So I can leave a comment. <laughs> that's Adam saying that. If, 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 one, if something needs to be sacrificed, then that's fine. Oh, <laughs> all right. Next call. Next call.
4: Hello, Adam. Hello, Joe. Hello, other guests that are on the show today. Uh, the strongest man in all the land today. I uh, just want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you got to... Uh, off your face with some stuffing and turkey and all that uh, hoopla and hope it was a great holiday for you and your family so in the tradition of Thanksgiving there's obviously Survivor Series which WWE doesn't really do like they used to you know especially on Thanksgiving Day so uh, I don't know in the spirit of hell on earth which is tomorrow by the way get your tickets if you haven't already live stream us it's going to be a hell of an event you cannot miss it anyways in the spirit of AIW tomorrow in the spirit of Survivor Series, I want a five-on-five dream card for a Survivor Series match between Joe and Adam. Pick your five AIW guys for on your team and uh, go from there. Well, i figure it out. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. See,
2: when he said AIW at the end, I was like, all right, we got to get very specific here. Ah, uh, ooh. Uh, one second, Adam. You
3: just think for yeah. one second. Uh, uh, You know, we're guests on this show I understand people aren't going to learn our names And that's fine Uh, But I hope Artie never gets the sepia button back
2: Oh! Oh, shit! Um, Artie uh, called out For not listening to the rest of the soon i be show
1: I'm also going to make Adam's First draft pick for his AIW roster And it's definitely Josh Prohibition <laughs>
2: that's fine like apparently a lot of people like aiw fans are huge fans of josh prohibition i don't get it because he's just a dude but whatever uh so if i'm stuck with josh prohibition and did he say it was a five person team yeah yep okay so if i'm stuck with prohibition i'm taking bishop i'm taking justice i'm taking broski (laughs)
1: Oh God damn it!
2: And uh, we'll throw in Dom. So that's my fucking team.
0: Are we supposed to like go back and forth and pick teams like one and one and one and one? <laughs> right. No, yeah. it's not a draft. It's the first person to say. All, all right. right.
3: I want the whole heart family, and you can have all the
0: knights. Okay. <laughs> so all right. Well, listen, Dom is a big uh, a big hit, right? But yeah. I'll take Kaplan. Okay, I'll that's take, good. I'll take Artie. I'll take Chuck. I'll yep. take Derek, and I'll take Ziggy. Okay,
2: and Broner could have been in there as well.
0: Sure. Yep. Like,
2: lot. Like I left you with a lot of people. Spo- you don't even fucking think Artie, your goddamn twin.
1: Yeah, you didn't <laughs> even draft yourself.
2: Like, I mean, I got stuck with fucking Josh Prohibition. Nobody wants to see Josh Prohibition wrestle.
0: I would
2: have taken Josh Prohibition. Oh, I'll trade no, <laughs> you. No. You could have Josh Prohibition... I will take literally anybody from your team. <laughs> the only entertaining thing about Damn. Josh Prohibition was his daughter wrestling. Like, that was literally it.
0: Oh, thanks, Artie. I, I said it on social media. I'll say it here. Please, Wes, jump Broski before the match. <laughs> Dom on the shit list, put hot, hot start and assign it to that match. Please spare us all from another fucking, lame-ass, cookie-cutter, boring, broski-heel promo,
5: please.
0: (laughs) How dare you? How dare you, sir? Next call.
8: Hey, fellas, this is Kyle with NETA Wrestling. Wanted to shout out Happy Thanksgiving to Brett Dooge and Joe. Now, uh, I would also (laughs) like to say that... um, going over, as it pertains to the Ian Riccoboni micro brawler. Um, I do feel a little bit under attack from Mr. Adam. Uh, I merely was joking. I, I don't mind him getting the first one. I know how important collecting is to him. Um, and I do not have any desire to be, quote, unquote, stomped out at the holiday hangout. Um, though I swear I have been working out, so I would watch out. Um, uh, in all seriousness, um Love the show, guys. Um really looking forward to listening to today's episode because a super-sized show between two of my favorite podcasts and most of my favorite people is very exciting and daring to me. So thanks and keep it up and uh, hope to see you all at the uh, LVAC there in uh, December. All right. Peace. All
2: right. I'm going to obviously start this off. Uh, for those that don't know, um, I I do collect the occasional micro brawler. And just for whatever reason, I was searching for something else on eBay, and I came across the fact that there is an Ian Riccoboni micro brawler. I had no idea that this existed. And these came out back when micro brawlers were sold in just a little baggie with the cardboard topper, so – It's like one of the relatively older micro brawlers. So I tweeted out earlier today that I had no idea that this existed and I needed it. And then immediately Kyle hijacks the fucking post. He's like, I need it too. And somebody else was like, I have one. And Kyle's like, I'll take it. I was like, no, you motherfucker. I claim dibs. So (laughs) long story short, jokes on you, Kyle. I already made a deal for one. Kenny from the Mystery Men slid into those DMs and hooked me up with one cheap. Spoiler for weekly purchases. Oh, I nice. have one. I have one already, you son of a bitch. I will stomp you out.
1: <laughs> Damn, I must but, have missed the jingle for all heat, no heaters. What the hell, Adam? He dares try to stand in my way to get something?
2: Doesn't he know I'm the fucking $100
0: man <laughs> <laughs> but oh my goodness!
2: Anyways, Kyle, uh, again, all in good fun. I hope to see you at Elvac. Uh, enjoy getting the second Ian Riccaboni figure that's on the market um, because the first one's gone. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I don't know what else he said. But
0: <laughs> I think these were long gone as of March of this year because Ian was actually pushing them pretty hard on social media for a while. Um, I know before the acquisition of Ring of Honor by AEW, they were still available on Ring of Honor's store. But when Ring of Honor got purchased by AEW and the Ring of Honor store got folded into the AEW store, I think stuff like that may have fallen by the wayside. And Ian is an honorable person. Both the fact that he's the Ring of Honor commentator and he's a good human being. He's not the type of sleazebag to find forty of them in his couch cushions <laughs> tomorrow to make an extra buck, you know. Yeah. Um. I, I'll just say, like, when I found out about these things
2: existing, uh, there's three of them on eBay. The cheapest one is fifty-seven dollars or best yeah. offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seller sent me an offer of fifty bucks, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll make a counter offer. Uh, but, like, again, good on Kenny. He slid in, and he gave me, like, a fucking steal for Price, so thank you.
0: Kenny's a good dude. Absolutely. Next call.
2: Yeah, unlike Kyle.
0: Hi, Joe. Hi,
4: Adam. Hi, DJ. Hi, Brett. Happy Thanksgiving. It's Tim. So, long story short, I recorded something on the super secret voicemail line, but I am not by my computer right now. I'm actually in bed enjoying a fantastic Thanksgiving evening playing Pokemon Scarlet. Um, But I did want to call in. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say, and I'm pretty sure you might have already said it before, but I know this time of year, I'm thankful for my polka dots. I'm curious, uh, what in wrestling over the last year are you most thankful for? I will take your answer on the podcast, because obviously that's the best place to take it.
8: Uh, Love you guys. Kiss your homies. Bye. Who wants to
3: go Uh, first? I'll go first because uh, I'm thankful that I'm not Ricky rude, um, which is what I said around my Thanksgiving table today. Uh, when we do we we do that tradition and that was for it's for like my little niece to teach her about being thankful and I said that and everyone looked at me and I was like it's Roddy Piper from Soroka. okay sorry dude <laughs> it's it's, uh,
1: it's so fucked up because I did the same thing
3: <laughs> right uh, thankful I'm not Ricky Rude uh, I am super thankful um, you know very recently I, you know I was gonna I, my initial thought was different but I'm gonna say I'm very thankful for all the wrestle hangs we've had over the last two months and further back, but the condensed uh, last couple of months, uh, it means a lot to me. Uh, I've known, you know, uh, Joe and Brett for a very long time. Uh, Joe, one of my oldest friends, Uh, Adam, it's been, it's been a few years and uh, we've, I just, it really means a lot to me to be able to do this stuff again. And uh Joe and I have a lot of history uh going to shows and sort of I've said it on our show, but one of the reasons why I have the taste in wrestling or the exposure to the wrestling that I do is because of him. Uh and I'm super thankful that we got to do these trips and L V A C and you know, spend time at a diner afterwards and just have a have a really good time. It means it means the world to me. It really does.
1: Cool. Brett um yeah man i mean definitely everything that dj said um you know as joe was to you you know you kind of were to me (laughs) like taking me to all these shows and shit when i was just like a a broke like little scumbag um so yeah man (laughs) at least you're not broke uh, anymore (laughs) uh yeah man like all this it's been awesome um you know i'm very thankful for like a lot of the stuff i got to see live this year um you know seeing that new japan show in dc seeing shibata in person um which that was like a huge moment for me seeing akiyama in person was a huge moment for me um you know and man i don't know like for as much like fucking lame shit is in wrestling there's some good shit too dude like so i'm i'll say i'm very thankful for that
2: yeah uh i mean in wrestling uh obviously other advancements in women's wrestling gear uh, i'm thankful for that uh but uh you know obviously to be real like uh brett mentioned like just Going to like an indie show with your buddies and like having a good time, you know, LVAC, like I'm thankful for the fact that they have like just really fun shows, you know, that you don't have to. Uh, you know, know a ton about wrestling about to enjoy, you know, and obviously I'm a dummy when it comes to wrestling and, uh, you know, just the entire podcast, like as far as add odds or, you know, we need wrestling and final wrestling place and long box heroes and just the uh, the, the network of people that listen and, and participate on those podcasts. Like to, the fact that there's like people out there that are like, oh, I'm fans of like Adam. I was like, that blows my mind and it doesn't make any sense. And, like, I'm thankful for anybody that listens to this show and enjoys it, not, like, in spite of me, but because of me. Uh, But, yeah, thank you to all those people that, like, support this show and all the shows in the network.
0: How great would it be if I was able to quote the entire 30 seconds of Ultimate Warrior, what he was thankful for from that promo? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he could have just he could have saved us all a lot of times said, I'm thankful for cocaine and then <laughs> moved on. Um, you know what I, I'm thankful um, that, you know, whatever, you know, we talked before about it, like there's people in this business that do not like me that think I'm too mean, <laughs> um, but I am thankful for the friendships that I've formed and still continue to form to this day in professional wrestling, whether it be people on this show People on TV, people involved with the LVAC, people involved with AIW, people involved with Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium uh, in all walks of life. You know, one of the two constants in my life for as long as I can remember um, outside of, you know, your family and whatever that is. But I've always had comic books in my life, but longer than comics has been wrestling and the fact that something that I watched as a five-year-old kid is still such a big part of my life today and that I've been able to meet and know and everything else so many different people because of it um I would not be the person I am today without professional wrestling so I'm very thankful for it still being in my life for the friends that I've made you know
2: yeah Uh, and can I just say before you play the next thing um I do fully agree with Brett and DJ that uh, if Marcus and Tim want to complain about not being on the uh, like the the soon to be named network Boys Night uh, Boys Night Out, they just need to move up here. I mean, it's as easy as that.
1: I think it's a perfectly reasonable uh, solution to that problem.
2: Yeah, I mean, the four of us aren't going to move down there to where the two of them are. Right. You know, they can just come up here. It's easy.
3: I have a big yard. They can sleep in a tent outside. <laughs> That's
2: true. Oh, Jesus.
5: <laughs>
2: Thank you. Next call.
5: Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, long time no see for all four of you. It was a great weekend last weekend. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm sure you've talked about that already. So time for question. And because it's Thanksgiving, and I was just around some family i was thinking about you know when survivor series used to be on thanksgiving or or when smackdown was on Thursday, (laughs) and of course my family's big sports so football was on like multiple tvs uh this evening so a question for you guys um in your history of watching wrestling and being around family for thanksgiving do you have any funny stories of wrestling being on the tv during thanksgiving and different family members who might not usually watch wrestling uh, questioning it or wondering what's going on, or maybe even being drawn into it. Um, for years, anytime I turned on wrestling at my grandparents' during Thanksgiving, my uncles would always ask me the height and weights of various wrestlers. How tall is this guy? How big is this guy? How much he weight? Is that guy really seven feet tall? Things like that. And I still remember it to this day, and I would usually come prepared with that information. So <laughs> hope all's well, guys. Can't wait to listen to the show. Bye.
0: That's right. We all got a chance to see Kevin and uh, Matty Treats this weekend uh, at the pay-per-view. I met Kevin years and years ago at a Chikara show in the Syracuse area, and we've kind of become friends ever since. This is my first time seeing him. It was since it was really nice to get a chance to hang out with him and Matt a little bit. They actually came to your house, Adam, yes?
2: yeah they paid the five dollars suggested donation uh they got a toy a uh, toy sorry i'm I'm five deep a tour of the toy room uh you know, and then we went out for lunch afterwards and uh after we had lunch, I suggested that we' go on a fig hunt so uh we did not go to like Walmart or Target or anything like that, but we went to Monstar's toys, which is the Dixon City Scranton area toy store um that uh, sponsor. Not not at all a sponsor. Uh, Maddie Treats uh, bought a bunch of things and uh, Kevin did not because he's a coward. Uh, so <laughs> shame, on him. shame on him. He left empty handed. But I will tell you a funny story real quick. And again, it was good seeing them. But uh, Maddie Treats b- brought me a gift and it was he was like, oh, I'm giving you a Maddie Treats rookie card. And he hands me this this card of him as, like, a little leaguer or something like that. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And then late, later on in the day, I'm going, obviously, to throw it out because uh, I'm <laughs> like, what the fuck do I <laughs> have this for? Wow. <laughs> <I don't know.
5: laughs>
2: and uh, oh, it, it turns out that it's it was, like, him as a bat boy for, like, a minor league baseball team. And it was, like, a minor league, like, official card. And I'm like, oh, OK. I, I might wait a couple weeks before I throw this out. So thank you, Matt.
0: I, he gave me one as well, and I immediately sent it off to PSA to be graded. Oh, nice. Yes. I, yeah.
1: I curr- so that was the first time I ever met Maddie, and I, I currently have his baseball card in my wallet. <laughs> yep, I, I also have them. Uh, yeah.
5: Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs>
2: but, uh, yeah, no, no, it was good to finally meet those guys, uh, except for the educator, because he never beat anybody, and, and fuck him. Uh, so glad it was just the two people from uh, – from the house show podcast that I like. Um, And uh, yeah, next time uh, Hellions uh, bring some money. If we're going to go toy hunting. Oh Jesus.
0: (laughs) But as for family, like when you're watching wrestling, whether it be on Thanksgiving or otherwise, uh, you know, at most times when I was watching it, it was usually a remark of you're still watching this shit. And the answer is always.
7: Yeah.
2: I don't think like I got survivor series, A lot, but I think I started buying the pay-per-view when it stopped being on Thanksgiving, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it was never like the Thanksgiving tradition. All of the Thanksgiving Day Survivor Series, I watched on like rental.
1: So I have uh, a moment with my family, and it kind of ties into Thanksgiving. I believe it was a Thanksgiving episode of SmackDown. And uh, so my one uncle lives in New York. My family's off doing their thing. I'm sitting in a room by myself watching SmackDown, of course. And The Rock is going along the spread of uh, you know the table on the outside. You have your turkey, yams, all this. Gets to his desserts, the apple pie, the cherry pie, the <laughs> poontang pie. Um, I th- think I'm 10 years old at the time, so I don't know what poontang pie is, to which I walk into the living room and I ask my uncle and my grandmother, <laughs> hey, what's poontang pie? <laughs> Did they and know my, my uncle just looked at me and goes, why the hell are you asking that question? I was like, I don't know. It's on wrestling. And he goes, you need to stop watching wrestling.
3: <laughs> um, I have one from today. I was watching wrestling wow. today. Uh, and uh, Michelle, again, mentioned her a few times, loathes wrestling. Uh, and I was watching and uh, Kurt Hedding was in the ring. Uh, on my television and uh brett i don't remember what year it was but we showed michelle a royal rumble and christian wasn't it Do
1: i think it was this? rumble yeah i think it might have been rumble 2000 i want to say and
3: christian was long-haired like mesh shirt christian and every single blonde person that came out after christian michelle asked if that was christian So she thinks every blonde person in wrestling, long blonde hair, is Christian. So Kurt Hennig is on my TV, and she walks through the room and goes, oh, is that Christian? And It's not like a bit. She just thinks everybody's Christian. Uh, So that happened today. So every blonde wrestler's Christian in this house. Bless Michelle's heart.
6: Yeah.
0: (sighs) Fantastic. So next call.
6: Hello, Adam. Hello, Joe. Hello, DJ. And hello, Brett. This is Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers. And wait a minute, why do I sound like a poor? Let's 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 fix that real quick. All right, with not sounding like a poor anymore. <laughs> whoa, whoa, Joe whoa. did not like my comments about Spider-Man this week on Wrestling Cheers. For those of you who don't listen, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan. I downright do not like Spider-Man. I don't want to say hate, but as a superhero, I think he sucks. And I think he's a dork. So I now turn the table back to you guys. What are some of your comic book related hot takes or unpopular opinions? It doesn't have to be just comic books. Like I'm not someone who reads comic books, but I take in a lot of the other media. TV shows, cartoons, movies. And my biggest one is the, the Spider-Man one. It's one of those things I won't necessarily defend. It's just, you know, I will always say it's my taste. I don't care for him. Like, I will root against him in most movies. And, and like, no matter whatever, since I was little, it's I thought Spider-Man was just a giant dork. But, hey, to each their own. I'm not going to, you know, Ed from Pod Van Dammit and be all like how he is anti bret hart and be like oh he's boring blah 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 like i don't understand why people like him i understand why people like spider-man he's just not necessarily my favorite superhero i don't think i own anything spider-man other than movies like no no figures or funko pops or anything like that just not a fan so uh What about you guys I'll also say my favorite superhero of all time at least was for a long period was Batman I I don't know I might be changing that there's stuff from when I was younger that I'm kind of growing out of or just like I'm not as attached to them anymore and like Batman's kind of one of those things but it could just take the right thing to suck me back in can't wait to hear what you guys have to say and I will take my answer off the air later (laughs)
2: Wow, Summers immediately getting the heat from Joe. Uh Joe, I think you got you have to go first on this. He's he is attacking your boy.
0: I already tweeted at Summers about how wrong he was, but he's not like doing a bit like Ed, he just doesn't like Spider-Man. And I huh. get if you don't like Spider-Man, like that's the most wrong take when it comes to comic books. <laughs> I think Spider-Man is the most relatable superhero outside of the, you know, radioactive powers and stuff. Um, you know, the fact that he is a dork, I think makes him a really cool character. And he has at the very least, the second best rogues gallery in all of comic books (laughs) um, to be determined by a poll that's going on and a bracketing over on Longbox Heroes. Um, But my comic book hot take is, uh, and and this might be weird. And I know DJ is more of a comic book guy, I think than Brett or Adam, uh, you know, take sure. that. Oh, you're right. Will. You're
1: definitely, you're definitely
0: right. Right. Um, Superman is awesome. And people who say Superman sucks are wrong. Uh, Superman is really awesome. If you don't under, if you just say like, Oh, he's a big boy scout. Oh, he has all the powers. So that's not cool. Superman's awesome. There's tons of great Superman stories out there. Even if your only exposure to Superman is let's say Superman, the animated series, like that's awesome. Like that's really good stuff. And I can't imagine somebody watching Superman, the animated series, like not even reading the comic books or watching the movies or anything else like that. You watch that, you come away as like, this guy sucks. Then your barometer is completely fucked.
2: Yeah. Uh, I I agree with you. Superman is awesome. Like if you, what you know about Superman came from Superman movies, uh, like I get it like that. That's not cool. Like Superman, like a dark and gritty Superman is not Superman. Uh, But Superman, the animated series is pretty cool. Uh, The new CW show, like the Lois and Clark, uh, whatever that's called, like that is, I think, like a really good portrayal of Superman. Um, As far as Spider-Man goes, uh, I do like Spider-Man. I'm not going to put him on the same pedestal that Joe's going to put him on. I would never say that I I root against Spider-Man, but he's definitely like a really cool character. I will say that the thing that Spider-Man needs to lose points on is that like he has Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy fighting over him. And that's an unrealistic expectation to put on kids. Uh, But my hot take uh, obviously is that the greatest Batman of all time is Mr. Jean-Paul Valley, AKA (laughs) Azrael, the man who took, all of those Batman comics, Joe, and you will lie if you say to the to the contrary, he took those yeah. Batman books, plucked them out of obscurity in the previews top 100 30 Wait. years ago today, and he made those books relevance by basically showing that chump bruce wayne how how to fucking get it done did bruce wayne take out bane no bruce wayne got his fucking ass kicked it wasn't until asriel came in and fucking wiped the floor with with bane so asriel is the greatest batman uh quite possibly saved batman from getting canceled back in 1995 whatever (laughs) i don't care
1: I, so I i I'll, can't i can't even address any of that that's just nonsense yeah, but yeah I, I ain't dealing with that <laughs> so uh i'll i'll go before dj because i'm sure he could have another three hours just on this topic alone um spider-man rocks dude you know why because i had a 20-minute conversation with my five-year-old nephew today about how much he loves spider-man that's awesome. so just for that sole reason spider-man rules uh yeah, dude, uh, I mean, I'm not, like, into comic books at all. I consume the Marvel content, the DC's content. I know what I'm talking about, but um, this is kind of a hot take. I feel like they just put out too much content, and I cannot keep up. Um, I tried my hardest with all the shows. Movies are fine, but, man, the show's, like, I don't know. Again, my own personal life, I just can't keep up with everything. And I feel like I'm missing out on so much. And uh, I just refuse to go back to watch it sometimes. Um, and Adam, Asriel sucks, dude. You shut up. You're too old for
2: that or too young for that. You weren't there, man. You he weren't there out in the loud. trenches.
3: <laughs> He's actively bad. Um, oh, man. Yeah, a Breath Right. I could talk forever. but uh, And I'm trying to think what would be my one. And I was like, uh, there hasn't been a good movie Batman since Michael Keaton. Uh, Iron Man isn't nearly as cool as people think he is because Robert Downey Jr. is very cool. Uh, and, but I've settled on uh, a thing that really uh, bothers me in comics, and I get comics every, almost every week. I read a lot. I consume a lot of comic books in my life. Um, comic books should try harder to be aimed at younger audiences. Uh, Joe and I have been reading comic books for a very, very long time. Uh, and eventually, we're going to stop collecting, uh, whether it's because we stop liking them or because we're dead. Um, and there's going to need to be people filling our shoes, and you don't get that unless you're hooking younger fans. And a lot of content in mainstream comic books today, you're go pick a Spider-Man book off the shelf, go pick a Batman book off the shelf. They aren't necessarily aimed at kids and have – Uh, A lot of adult themes that aren't relatable to kids, so it's harder to get into. Spider-Man is a good one because he has a lot of cartoons out there. But if you were to bring your five-year-old nephew into a comic book shop, the selection of comics that he would be able to read at his age and enjoy – would be very, very limited because so many comics these days have content with that have adult themes, whether it be sex or death or whatever else that are a little too above because they aim at us instead of a younger generation of people.
6: Yeah,
2: I I think like not to get too far down the weeds, like having more trade paperbacks that are like self-contained stories that you don't need to know you know the last twenty years of continuity to know what's going on in the story, like something that a kid can pick up that's affordable. That's like here's yeah. one Spider-Man story, here's one Batman yeah. story, because uh, like even if you do go and grab uh, an age appropriate comic book, there's there's so much lore that you have to know yeah. that, to, to know what's going on in that book. Uh, and then the ones that are built for kids a lot of times are just you know not not worthy of continuing to read. If that makes sense. So I do
3: agree with that. There's stuff, you know, like I can I can pick up and enjoy a book like Tiny Titans as an adult, and kids could also like it. I I, there's like it doesn't necessarily swing that other way all the time, and it it bothers me from time to time because I think it's you know even not even kids as young as Brett's nephew, but even kids a little older getting in towards their teens, they're you know the content in your basic Batman book off the shelf might be a little too dark. Yeah. For that audience to grow it
2: anyway. Yeah. Uh, But I will take offense to you saying that uh, the last good Batman was Michael Keaton. The first two Nolan movies were pretty damn good. And hashtag the golden age of Asriel. So next caller.
0: (laughs) No, they they would never put Azrael on the silver screen. They they don't want to completely tank their franchises.
3: Yeah. They would, but it would have to be called Batman presents Box Office Poison. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Old Asriel himself.
0: All right. So it's pink button time. Ed called, but Ed well, called I'm So three excited. Times. So here's Ed's first call. Jesus.
7: Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. uh, Getting this call in, you know, just in time. Uh there's, sorry, there's a guy fixing my phone. This all day today, and I just didn't want to do a phone call in front of him. I think it looked really, really weird. Um, but hey, I have a question, and it's about Thanksgiving, and I need to know where you guys stand with this. (laughs) You don't wake up and watch that stupid fucking parade, right? No, because that. that's the lamest shit. That parade's <laughs> super fucking lame, really, really lame. I just need to hear that. This is how I'm going to start judging people now: is like whether you watch that dumb fucking parade or not. I can't. You guys are better than that, right? Please tell me <laughs> so. Tell me that you're not gonna wake up in the morning and put on fucking parade. <laughs>
4: okay, bye.
0: <laughs> now, before you answer Ed's question. Uh, oh. Ed saying, I called in the nick of time. He called in on Wednesday with that call, not realizing what day. I, was. <laughs> I just want to
2: say, like, I, I said before, like, things that I'm thankful for. I'm fucking thankful for Ed. Like, Ed's a national treasure. needs to be protected at all costs. So I just want to say that. And uh, no, of course I wouldn't watch that fucking parade. That's lame.
5: Uh,
0: I I had, I think Asa might have been two or three and we put it on for him to watch to see what he thought of it. And he didn't care. So we're like, all right, kid doesn't care. Like if you have a kid, you're going to want to watch it maybe cause there might be some stuff in there for them. No. Um, but typically, and well, I'll, I'll wait till DJ and Brett are done, but no, nah, I'm not a parade guy. A Thanksgiving day parade guy.
1: I was at the, the Macy's Thanksgiving parade once and, I uh... It was miserable. Oh, listen, I was like six, um, and it was miserable and raining, and I've hated it ever since.
3: Yeah, I watched wrestling all day. I don't want. I don't. I, I'm not interested in a parade. We got caught in a parade before AEW when I was pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I watched wrestling all day.
0: So I, I will say, I, I think the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is for like housewives, and weird like pop culture people because there was a lot of people live tweeting the parade this morning and i'm Mm -hmm. like couldn't you be like live tweeting like literally anything else but (laughs) to each their own you know everybody's entry to pop
2: culture is different you know yeah i mean now that i'm retired and i can actually enjoy my thanksgiving i slept until like noon and then i turned on football wanted to find out that the 12 o'clock game wasn't available to me because I have direct TV, but that's what you do on Thanksgiving is you watch football until it's time to eat. And then obviously do a
0: podcast. He mispronounced wrestling there, but I get you. Wait, what? <laughs>
2: All right. All right. All right. I, I'm Ed, to quote Ed. I'm seven out of 10 drunk. So leave me alone.
0: All right. <laughs> Next call from Ed.
7: Hey, it's Ed again. And this question, uh, sorry, you know, second time. Um, this question is just for Joe and TJ and Brett. um, if somebody here, Adam. tweeted you and made an incredible joke about having a micro penis, would you simply just like that tweet, or would you say something back, a little joke back, or you just like it? Because uh, I ain't gonna lie, Adam, but that was a really good joke, and I think you just liked it because Ian Riccaboni was also tagged in it, and you don't <laughs> want to seem like you like jokes about micro penises. <laughs> in front of your new friend, Ian Riccoboni. Thank you, Right, I would so, like
1: the tweet, reply to the tweet, and quote tweet it.
2: <laughs> so I don't know if I can find it like on such a spot, but basically uh, it was, a, again, regarding the micro brawler thing. Ed tweeted something to the effect of, would you like my micro brawler, which I, of course, mean as my pee-pee. And I clicked <laughs> like on it because I was eating dinner. <laughs> and, right. And then, like a half hour, hour later, I responded. I was like, "Well, fucking deliver on this promise." <laughs> and he got big mad that, like, he he fucking didn't get my response before he, he called in. So I'm sure the next voicemail that I see on the screen will be the response.
0: All right, I'll I'll refrain from answering as we go to Ed's final call from the day. Uh, hey, hey, Adam, it, it's it's <laughs> Ed.
7: Uh, yeah, just saw you got back that tweet, and, you know. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I shouldn't have got so heated at you. You know, that's fine. That's on me. It's on me, big guy. All right. Uh, sorry. Sorry about that. Happy every Thanksgiving. Uh, every, everybody. Goodbye.
0: Okay,
2: <laughs> Again, protect Ed at all costs. He's a fucking treasure. I love it.
0: <laughs> I just think that I, I was eating dinner as well. And I didn't see it until like all my tweets loaded when I got in the car and everything. Yeah. Um because I was like way past Chick where they barely have s- phone service, let alone internet service. Um but I, I think I don't buy that Ed has a micro penis. Ed definitely walks around and carries himself as someone who is at least medium to large <laughs> penis energy. <laughs> uh and there's only one way to fr- you don't know, find out, Ed needs to post a picture of his dick on co-host or hive <laughs> or bumble or whatever the fuck we've all moved to instead of twitter we're all still on twitter whatever holy shit
3: i think if you Uh, mark it not uh, not safe for work on hive you get away with it so
0: okay
2: yeah (laughs) all right wow thank you man
0: yes thank you everyone who called in um thanks for participating hanging in with us uh you know you can help out the show of course by Heading over to uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, AKA InternetWrestling.tv. Use the promo code at odds. It uh, does not get any, you anything free up front, but it lets Jerry know you came to him from us. Uh, if you want to let him know that you came because of Brett and DJ, use the promo code MORTIS. So <laughs> oh, I don't know man. if you could put <laughs> both promo codes in there, then, then the money goes to both of us. I don't know how that works. I don't know how a lot of things work, right? <laughs> um, you can also help us out by making a purchase through our T Public store. T Public's real fucky with their sales. Like, we don't get advance notice anymore. Like, right before we started recording, we're like, oh, there's a 24 hour sale going on for Black Friday, 40% off everything. And I'm like, oh, by the time the show comes out, the sale's going to be over. I don't know. Sign up for their mailing list, right? And you'll yeah. get notifications when we get notifications. And then go buy a shirt or something from them. And it's like 13 bucks, and we get like four bucks on the back end when you buy a shirt. I forget how it all works out. Anyway, um, the real way that you can help us out, of course, is by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. It's in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. Uh, does not cost you anything extra. As Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and holiday season is upon us, but uh, it does. Uh, lost my train of thought. Does not cost you anything extra. Um, But they give us a little bit of a kickback. They call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Brett, take this one.
1: Yeah. There
0: we go. Uh, Notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include... Somebody purchased a Funko Pop Star Wars Mandalorian 4-pack, and they glow in the dark. Oh, Definitely sounds like someone who's not purging their Funko Pops. Not at all. They're on the the upswing. (laughs) And somebody also purchased the Home X round rolling sharpener stone for kitchen hunting and pocket knife.
2: That's more like a you purchase, Joe. Obviously, you didn't do it, but uh, you're a man who carries around a knife at all
0: times. (laughs) I do carry around multiple knives at all times and I had to leave them at home when we went to AEW so that I did not have them confiscated from me.
2: But uh, yeah, thank you for those who use the click there.
0: Yes. Thank you to anyone who made a purchase this week, this month, this year, every little bit helps.
2: Yes. Uh, Obviously this is the part where I probably do plugs, but Brett and DJ, would you like to take this moment to plug your plethora uh, podcasts? <laughs> Oof. Uh,
3: sure. So, uh, we're on We Need Wrestling every week. Uh, Thursday night, Friday mornings around this time. Same as you guys. Uh, at We Need Wrestling on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Hive, uh, <laughs> signed up there for the placeholder. I don't think I've posted anything. Uh, they don't have, like, a switch between accounts thing like Twitter does, so get on that, Hive. <laughs> uh, you can email the show at We Need Wrestling at gmail. Uh, questions, concerns, praise, whatever you want to give us there. Uh, and Brett and I also are two of the hosts of uh Wings on Wings, uh, a podcast where we watch the 90s sitcom Wings and discuss the episode while eating chicken wings. Uh, that's at underscore Wings on Wings on Twitter. I don't think I made a hive for that yet. Uh, at underscore wings on wings on Instagram, and you can email the show at wings on wings podcast at gmail.com.
2: Yeah, absolutely. If you want to get on the hive train, I, I saw Joe has a hive. Uh, he hasn't fixed his fucking pictures yet. Uh, I'm sure he it,
0: it. won't work for my phone.
2: There, there's a fix for that, and people told you and you didn't pay any attention. And it didn't
0: work. The fix they uh, told me didn't work.
2: Uh, it worked for me. <laughs> That's but you. J- yeah, Joe has a hive at Joe Sposto. I have a hive at the Man Adam Van. DJ has a hive oh, do. at the Dooge. There's also at We Need Wrestling at the Man
1: Adam Van. Uh, Brett, did you get a hive yet? I didn't see you. I made a hive. I just didn't advertise it because I made it and I go, I was like, I'll deal with this later, but I think it's <laughs> at Brett X Edge, if I remember. Is it? So it's the same as your Twitter? Yeah, my Twitter uh, has 570 at the end because somebody that tweeted like 16 years ago had the handle I wanted and I just can't get it, which sucks. But
7: Tweeted
0: Elon Musk to get it back. He's supposed to be deleting all those accounts that have been dormant, you know?
1: Ugh. Yeah.
2: So obviously, uh, just like uh, DJ just said, uh, we haven't tweeted anything or, or – I'm sorry, hived anything. What's the fucking verb of hive? Like, <laughs> did Buzz? I... You, you,
1: have, you haven't buzzed
2: anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, haven't, we, we haven't buzzed anything. But if for some reason you wake up tomorrow and Twitter doesn't exist, go check us out at hive. Um, I will say regarding the username being available and not available, I did when I was signing up for ad odds on hive. I debated trying to get just the at sign and, and odds, so like O-D-D-D-S, and then after like a half hour of debate, I just took at odds wrestling, and then I didn't even think like uh, to like look to see if odds was available, but it, it wasn't. But <laughs> what I'm getting at, long story short, is I'm 9 out of 10 drunk right now. <laughs> So, listen to these podcasts Long Box Heroes, Long Box Heroes After Dark, uh, Final Wrestling Place, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, Pod Van Dam, The A Show, Wings on Wings, Between the Sheets. If you catch my grift, hit my music, and we need wrestling. I'm
1: happy you got it right this week. Thanks, pal. No problem. I try. <laughs>
0: All right. Now it's time for Adam's favorite part of the show. Money, 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 money.
5: Some might
2: cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. ha, ha, ha. So, in honor of our guests, Brett, DJ, did you buy anything?
1: Yeah, I bought one single thing. I uh, I feel like this is the first purchase I made in the major group in a long time. Oh. Um, and thankfully, I bought this before this certain person, um, you know, put up their super cool, super valuable Black Friday sale. Um, which I bought this thing cheaper for than what his Black Friday sale is. Um, but uh, I uh, I bought a official Wrestling's Heel and Faces Dino Bravo mint on card.
2: Oh, okay. Is that something that you thought about getting back when the pre-orders happened like five years ago and just didn't? Or did you change so your mind since then?
1: I, I thought about it, but I didn't because I, I just don't know. But now... I gave more thought about my rules for, like, uh, retro-style figures. And if they fell in the years where you could have had a Hasbro, sure. I'm going to buy it. So I that's why, you know, I went and got this Dino Bravo. I think it was, like, 35 shipped or something like that. So, um, But other than that, no, because I didn't buy anything at uh, the AEW pay-per-view because their lines were 3 million miles long. So um, that's that's it for me.
0: Wow.
2: Can I ask you guys, did they have the foam scissors or did you not get close enough to find out?
0: I think they were they, sold out pretty
2: quick. Yeah. <sighs> they had a lot at the pay-per-view, but that
3: line was so long that it just wasn't worth waiting. But, okay. And they were $25, in case you were wondering.
2: Oh, I would have paid that. So. Well, $25 for one or for a pair? One. For one. Ooh, I'd still pay it. But that's
0: crazy. <laughs> I also oh. made a pic- uh, purchase in the uh, major Toy Boy group this week.
6: Yes. Ooh.
0: So it was pointed out to me uh, earlier in the week because I'm out of the micro brawler game, right? I'm done. No yep. more micro brawlers Sorry. for me. However, uh, I guess the one that was in the pro wrestling crate was a uh, double J specifically double J in like the ninety three ninety four WWF gear, right? Yep. So I'm like, all right, I'll get this. And I start tooling around on eBay, looking for it. And I asked a professional, and then I asked Adam <laughs> what <laughs> price I should pay. <laughs> and he said, no, no, it'll come down to like 20 bucks shortly. So I had a couple that I was just watching on eBay. And then somebody put it up in the group. 20 bucks shipped. Adam tags me in the post. I reach out to the guy. He's like, 20 bucks shipped. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. I'll send it along. He goes, hey, want me to throw in one of the bendies for 10 bucks too? I go, no, no, I already got the Bendys as well, but thank you very much. Uh, so I purchased the Double J bendy, and then literally as the money is leaving my PayPal, Adam decides to send me. He's like, well, you know, there's a Chase variant for the Double J <laughs> micro brawler, too, that you should keep an eye on, right? And I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> now I got to keep an eye on this thing. But he did tell me that that right now new, it's less than a week old, is skewing high now. That'll probably come down to 30 bucks as the years go on. But again, it's Double J. I don't agree with Adam with that. I think I should buy it now because <laughs> anything that Double J is involved with only goes up in value, right? <laughs> Alright,
2: so uh, again, congratulations on getting that micro brawler narcotic injected directly into your veins. Yes. Um, I, I just want to just make sure because maybe some people are in like a loud environment. They don't have their headphones in, maybe they're in their car and there's like the, the heat or the air conditioning is blowing. Uh, so who exactly prevented you from overpaying
0: for that micro brawler? No, no, you didn't. So Adam did I, I went to Adam and I asked him for advice, and I'm like, uh, uh, wait, what, 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 uh, you went to me and not Fig Daddy cool? Well, Fig Daddy Cool uh, no sold me on me tagging him in the Terry Tuesday purchase. Mm, okay, okay. Um, so not that he'll ever hear this, yeah. You know, yeah. so as far as he knows, I'm still a fan. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> and, and, and then, if I may, uh, who gave you the heads up that one was available at a really good price? Was was that me or was that Fig Daddy Cool? It was you.
0: I oh, said it was you.
2: Okay, okay I, I, again, I, I, maybe I just misheard. I misheard because it seems to be that I was the one that, that facilitated this whole thing. And Fig Daddy right. Cool might actually just be a fraud. Is is that possible?
0: Can't he be both Fig Daddy Cool and a fraud? I will accept that. I will accept that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: uh, no, so that's I, have awesome. a, I have a couple more purchases, but I know Adam has about 40 DJ. Do you have any? Uh,
3: I do. Um, one, the first one I purchased, uh, from Entertainment Earth, uh, Toxic Crusader Ultimates Radioactive Red Rage Toxie 7-inch action figure, mm. uh, was, may or may not have been mentioned in the group.
2: Right. Uh, i get, may I stop you there? Can I... Was it Fig Daddy cool that brought that to the attention <laughs> of the <movie>? group? <laughs> or, or was that me? Because uh,
5: uh,
3: I'm confused. <laughs> I, I don't recall. Oh. Um, But it was a cool price of $16.10 after taxes and pre-shipping. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. So I love the Toxic Crusaders. I wasn't going to pay a lot of money for these. This is perfect for me. Uh, so that's awesome. And the other thing, uh, dare I say, I pulled a Vansky. And while we were talking, I made a purchase. Whoa. Whoa. I purchased A 1982 PWE Wrestling All-Stars Terry Funk rookie card Holy shit
2: nice. <laughs> Hey, we have uh, the group chat Between the four of us uh, yeah. Can you put that in the group chat so I can take a look at that Sure, it's not in the best Condition
3: uh, I Sadly, weeks ago I'm not a card guy uh, Passed up on a bunch of really nice ones Uh, that weren't graded and now they're just all graded and like skyrocketing in price. Uh, so I just picked this one up just to have it. It's Terry Funk. That's my guy. Uh, I don't know that I'll ever send it off to get graded. It's raw. It's got some little, you could see some flaws, uh, but I'm perfectly happy with paying $20 for it. Like I did. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I just, I've been looking at it for a while. I'm not interested in any other Terry Funk cards, but his rookie card felt important. Uh, so I picked that up.
8: So, yeah, but yeah, put,
2: I'll, I'll send it over.
8: Yeah, send nice. it over. I
2: want to see that. Because I saw in the group somebody posted – like obviously I know it's not his rookie card. But yeah. somebody posted like a like a Japanese BBM card from like 94, 95. Okay. And I was like, oh, th- that looks fucking cool. But I was like there's no way this is like the earliest Terry Funk because I knew yeah. there had to be something it, fucking it, crazy from the 80s. He has a really old
3: one that came with the, the Popey-Poppy the po- Popey action figure, mm-hmm. which is – Expensive and rare, and then there's a lot of Japanese cards that were like cut out of magazines of his. Yeah. Um, but I am pretty sure this is his considered his rookie card from 82.
2: No, that's so, awesome. Like I, I've yeah. never seen that before, so yeah, send yeah. that over. I'll check that out. Sure thing. Um so normally like, during Black Friday, uh, working in importing and exporting, I'm way too busy to just spend, like, hours on Twitter and, like, looking for deals. Uh, now that I'm retired, that's not the problem. Uh, so I bought a lot. I, I, I bought a lot of stuff. So, obviously, we're in the year of financial irresponsibility. Uh, so, um, and I'll, I'll go quick on some of the lower ones. But uh, I bought the video game Portal 2 on Steam I was talking to uh uh some folks on the internet about playing it it, it was 15 bucks normally Steam had it on sale for a dollar today so I had to pick that up I had it on the Xbox 360 I needed it on a computer so I can download some of the the mods and fan expansions yada yada but 15 bucks down to a buck I'll buy that any day the first wrestling related thing I got um Pro wrestling tees. Speaking of micro micro brawlers, uh, put the Brian Danielson micro brawler up for pre order, and it was one of those things where it was like a two week pre order. But if you waited until you know, Wednesday or whatever, you got it for twenty five percent off. So I ordered that. Fingers crossed for a chase. And uh, also, I mentioned before that uh, while I was at uh, Pandora's Box. I made a purchase, and I'm putting this in actually in the group chat. But for those who listen to the pod, I've been buying oh, a lot. Of, I've been buying whoa. a lot of carrying cases lately, uh, both at Toy Hio and at RetroCon. But I purchased from 1991 a WCW carrying case that has Ric Flair, Lex Luger, and Sting on the cover of it. So. That was something that I actually have had on my eBay watch list for a while. Um, they had one at Pandora's, and it was priced the same as the eBay one. Uh, but again, because I'm not Fig Daddy cool, I know how to effectively spend my money, so I went up and I asked for a little bit of a deal ski, and I got it. So, uh, happy to add that to my collector's case collection.
1: Very nice.
0: Ooh, I, I like I like the collector's case that there's uh they use the same picture of lex twice
1: <laughs>
5: yeah
2: oh yeah i'm noticing that because they have on uh, the front and the back they have uh the action shot on the rear and lex, lex couldn't be bothered to show up to two photo shoots
0: he's like yeah i'm i'm at one under protest <laughs> <laughs> um dude, but this I
1: terry ju- Funk card rules holy shit
0: yeah buddy dude that's yeah, pretty it cool is- this
2: set is, like, the set that has, like, the Hogan and all those cards that blew up during the pandemic, you know? Yeah. he Online, if you look, there's some
3: Japanese cards that they claim are older, but, like, they're, you know, hit or miss. And, but this is his, at very least, American rookie card, if not overall rookie card. He has a WWF card in, like, 85 he gets one, but... This yeah. is, to me, this is the one, uh, hopefully we don't have a first appearance of spawn situation here, but
2: <laughs> I'm just happy to have it. Yeah. These 82 cards, these wrestling all-stars, they are 100% the first U S commercially available yeah. cards for wrestling. So, uh, I do not count, uh, cutouts for magazines or any of that shit. Uh, so yeah, this is like an awesome card to have. So congratulations. Thank you. Yep. um, so, have any of you guys made a purchase from deepdiscount.com? It's been yeah, year. Nope. It's been a long time, but yeah. So, uh, I saw, like, Paternia. We all follow Paternia. Um, They made a suggestion. They're like, hey, Deep Discount has these deals on figures today. And it was a bunch of stuff I wasn't interested in, except for one thing. So, DC McFarlane multiverse figures, you know, you're familiar Usually retail 20 25 bucks a piece. So they had, and I'm going to put it in the group real quick a box set of the Suicide Squad, and it is King Shark, Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Polka Dot Man, and Peacemaker. And this was a, like a giant box set. Like this box set, I've seen it in person at Monstars, it's bigger than like the new gen ring box. So this is a box set that normally goes for like 130 to 140 bucks. And Deep Discount had it on sale today. And then there was like a promo code to get it even further on sale. It was 20 bucks. Oof. And so I'm like, That's oh, okay, crazy 20 deal. bucks. Yeah, 20 bucks, they're gonna fuck me on shipping, though, because this thing is giant, right? $2 shipping. Whoa. So I was like, all right, I already have that Peacemaker fig like as a standalone, but I will buy that box set for $20 all day. You know, I debated buying multiples for an opportunity, but uh, <laughs> I was like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll just grab one. Yeah,
0: so you, obviously you just great got it deal. today. Or you just did it today, so you don't know, like, yeah, did I, you get a shipping confirmation or nothing on it yet?
2: No, not yet. So, like, I've never done business with Deep Discount. Who knows if they'll uh, actually send it or what the condition will be, but I did it with PayPal. You know, so uh, worst-case scenario, you know, you you do what you got to do with PayPal. But, uh, you know what, if they follow through, $20 for $130 box set, I'll take that all day. Um, Did anybody take advantage of the ringside Thanksgiving sale? no nope i did not see dj i know you were close i was i put a cart together
3: uh, and i do need some stands and stuff but i've learned from ringside is that uh that list is going to drop dramatically in price over the next week or two they're going to continue to take a buck or two off of some of the items so i'm going to wait till then
7: fair
2: enough see my new rule when it comes to ringside is I will not pay a cent over retail on any of these figures. Like, you know how, like, when Chainsaw Charlie went up for pre order, it was like 30 bucks or 32 yeah. bucks. I'm like, all right, there's no reason to rush on any of this stuff. So it's like, if I have to get a figure a month after all the other guys in the network, so be it. So once ringside put a lot of figures that I've had on my watch list on sale to the point where they dropped down to retail or below, I was like, all right, now is the time to jump on this. So I did actually finally order another Elite 97 Chainsaw Charlie. Um, If you were listening to the pod, you know that I ordered one from Amazon. I canceled the Amazon one and uh, ordered one from ringside because it was actually cheaper than the Amazon's price. Um, I ordered one of those Mania Thirty Nine Elite Macho Kings, which was in the line <laughs> that had the the NWO Hogan, the Dusty, the Rock.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, the Mania Six and Mania Seventeen guys. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yep. But the line is called Mania Thirty Nine for whatever reason. Yeah, that's a good uh, and, line. Yeah, oh, dude, I love all those figures. I mean, the the Rock is just plain. It's like the Rock, but the uh, NWO Hogan's cool. The Dusty's cool. Uh, but I just grabbed the Macho King because I I I don't have a Macho King figure and I need one, you know. Sure. Um, and then AEW figures. I bought an Unrivaled Eleven Adam Cole Bebe, and an Unmatched Five Brian Danielson. So fingers crossed, maybe I'll get a chase on the Danielson.
0: I I have some other purchases, just lame purchases. Um, yeah, I had to buy a new wired keyboard for my computer. Um, I'm a he- very heavy handed typer and some of the letters and numbers were starting to wear off on my keyboard. Uh, so I had to buy a new one. And, uh, one of the problems that I had before a couple months ago when I had to buy a new mouse cause it wasn't registering right on some of the clicking is that they make the corded stuff like way shorter than my old corded stuff. So it's a bummer, but that's what it is. And it's been like a new year. Every year I was like to buy a, uh, like a new, thing of pens that i use because like i do a lot of writing like everything i do i handwrite all my notes and i write stuff for super secret science job and i'm also a notorious pen chewer as well so Mm -hmm. um sometimes the pens run out of ink and then are chewed beyond recognition at the same time so i ordered a thing of pens as well the keyboard came the next day the pens just keep getting moved back
2: that's cool
3: brett dj anything else uh, really quick, the Asylum Wrestling Store—they're like uh, their figure line went up ten minutes ago. Uh, oh. You can get the Road Warrior set for forty-eight dollars plus shipping, uh, now, and the same what's thing for the
2: huh? What's that normally? I don't know. Oh, okay, like I didn't know if it was like a it, crazy sale.
3: No, it's they're brand new. It's just they're 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 like I don't know. They they sort of look like knockoffs of that newer Superstars line. Okay. Um, but they're twenty five single if you buy them individually, and if you buy the tag teams, they're forty seven ninety nine. Uh, it's a little little steep, little steep there. But
2: nope. not pulling trigger.
1: Not pulling the trigger. No. Nope. 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 But yeah, yeah. I didn't buy anything else. That 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 was all I had this week. I got a bunch of stuff in the mail, like the Terry two pack. But yeah, um, that was all my purchases.
2: Okay. Well, luckily boys, I got a couple more. Uh obviously, uh I mentioned earlier with it being Thanksgiving that I am thankful for all of our listeners, all the people we interact with. I'm thankful for Ed Cody for being Ed Cody. But it would not be Thanksgiving if I did not give thanks uh for the Deathmatch King. And
1: that... <laughs> Oh, god damn it, Adam.
2: <laughs> And Broski put up a, a Thanksgiving sale, and I bought a signed copy of the, PW, the PWI 500, Then oh he was God. ranked number 13 oh. in the world, and it was only, like, 13 bucks. Like, magazines, aren't they, like, $10 cover price normally? So it's only, like, $3 more for the signature. I think that's a steal at any time.
1: I can't wait until they do an episode of Catch My Grift on Broski. <laughs>
2: And I would look forward to it because Catch My Grift, if you catch my grift, is a very good podcast.
0: But it's Alex Jones and then (laughs) Broski.
3: I thought you were going to say that he put up another uh, one of one purple jacket that
2: you bought. Oh, don't even get me started. (laughs) (laughs) I have the earlier purple leather jacket. That's Mm. all. But uh, all right. So real quick, I will just say one more time. Thank you to Kenny for hooking me up with the Ian Riccaboni micro brawler. Uh, that would have been a, like the highlight of any week's weekly purchases. Uh, but I mentioned it earlier in the show. So suck it, Kyle. Um, but I purchased a couple things. Well, one thing in the major group and I'm going to put it in the group chat in just a second, but this was a card that was in the Wednesday night, like card sale. And you guys should all be getting it right now. And what you'll see is it's a 2014 tops Road, to, Wrestle- what? Road <laughs> per- to WrestleMania card featuring Triple H. All right. All right. It's a 2014 Triple H card. Mm-hmm. But
0: uh-huh. I know what you- mm-hmm. it
3: mm-hmm.
2: is also the first card or WWE merch featuring young upstarts, Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, and Charlotte Flair. So some might say it's a rookie card. Some might say it's not. It was cheap. I've done business with John Tancredi before. I DM'd him. I made out a little deal ski. It's graded a nine. It can go on the grease shelf.
1: Oh, Adam. (laughs)
2: What? I am a professional collector and I I leave no
0: stone unturned.
3: I'm not worried about the stones you're unturning, if you know what
0: I mean. (laughs) What's the true true, true crime podcast they're going to do eventually on Adam's Alexa Bliss collection? (laughs) (laughs) All
2: right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one last purchase. So, this is something I don't have a picture, uh, but you can use your imagination. This is something that I've been on the fence about buying for a while. You know, I'm a bit of a completist. I'm a bit of an obsessive collector. Uh, I saw that a Mr. Brian Myers was going to be selling one of these on WhatNot this week. So I loaded up the WhatNot stream for the major wrestling figure podcast, and I had it on in the background. I wasn't really paying attention, but I happened to look over – just as this item was going to have like four seconds left. And I made like a panic bid. I didn't really pay attention to the price and I should have, Oh uh, boy! but no, 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 luckily it was like a really good price. And I purchased from the collection of Brian Myers, who's in the middle of doing an AEW chase purge. I purchased the French version of the chase of Mr. Brody Lee.
0: Oh, okay. That's pretty cool.
2: So it's the one that instead of saying like one of 3,000, it says like one de 3,000. Uh, and otherwise, it's the same figure, but I believe on the back of the carding when it describes like the match listing or whatever, it's in like English and in French. Okay. Uh, so I obviously already have the Brody Chase that I got like a while ago. Uh, this was just another version and uh, I was like, you know what? I wanted it. It was a good price, which is actually, like, really surprising for, like, the major whatnot because usually people, like, blow up the prices just so they can say they got shit from uh, the podcast. But this, like, went cheaper than they were going on eBay, so I was like, ah, fuck it. We're in the year of financial year of responsibility. I'm grabbing it. That's, that's my
7: that's
0: last... Alright. That's my last purchase. <laughs> Well, uh DJ Brett, thank you guys for being on with us. Thanks for staying up late. Uh thanks to listeners of both shows. Uh I feel as though you got your money's worth, uh, which is free because this is a free podcast. <laughs> uh yeah. anything you guys wanna plug or give a shout out to or anything else like that?
3: I'm good. Uh, Thanks Um, for having us. Yeah,
1: thanks thanks for uh, having us, guys. Um, You know, this is cool to put it to tape, which is just our normal conversation. So, um, yeah, thanks so much, guys. No, it was great having you, guys. And uh, thank you for uh,
2: not poo-pooing my idea of having like a big super show. And, uh, you know, I think this was a a great uh, six, seven hours that we've been on the podcast (laughs) together today.
1: (laughs) Very snackable sized content. Oh, I know well like honestly it's like
2: at odds does like two two and a half hours you guys yeah. do two hours and, you know anybody who would wake up tomorrow and have to listen to both of them they're able to do the two of them one shot right. so that's cool. absolutely it's shorter than the combined so that yeah, works absolutely.
0: out all right well for these guys for uh, DJ and Brett from uh, We Need Wrestling for Adam for myself This was episode 217 of both of our shows. Thank you everyone for listening. Be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling.
4: You're listening to the soon-to-be-named soon network, to be named. the Lamborghini vroom, 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 vroom. of Podcast Networks. you're off, nerds!